This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Wrestling Network friends and family. Happy New Year! I've said that on about four or five pods at this point in January, but it's okay. Uh, welcome, everyone, to a new year of wonderful content here in the quad of pods, the PTB Wrestling Network, and of course, the pop experience and the no so of which the Jenny position is within. Uh, welcome to the first journey of the new year through uncharted waters of wrestling. And it's January, so you know what we're going to talk about. Welcome to Through the Looking Glass. I, of course, am Scott Riscolo, and let me bring him in right now. Let's just skip the the ins and outs, ups and downs, and bring in the thunder from down under. Happy New Year, Dave Hall. How are you? Happy New Year, Scott. Happy New Year, everyone. I'm doing well. I'm so excited to be doing our sold-out review and our sold-out right. Through the Looking Glass, because exactly. who exactly. out about it? Oh my goodness! We, you know what? We you couldn't even get through year. it. <laughs> we made that joke every year, and one year we're actually we'll actually we're do. We are going to do sold outs. We are. <laughs> yes, I think the best thing we should have done is made the first one in color because that may would have made the show exponentially better. Um, <laughs> what's the one? What's the one match? What is it? X Pac and Eddie. I think that's the one decent uh, match. Yeah, on that's that, the uh, match. Out. Yeah, that's the only good match. Yeah, on the pretty couch. much only, pretty much only one that matters. So anyway. Dave, uh, always a pleasure. Did you have a nice, uh, nice holiday? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a good Christmas New Year down here in Australia. Not not too hot. Um, we've actually had a fair amount of rain um, hit um, hit the the coast that I live on over sort of the last couple of weeks. So it's been a, been sort of funny because you get we get these hot days and then we get these massive uh, thunderstorms. Um, just just I, I just share a little story on christmas day i was visiting my family I took my kids my wife we were visiting my family and we were driving home trying to beat a storm trying to get around it before it hit us and we drove smack bang into the middle of this lightning thunderstorm lightning bolts around us torrential rain hail visibility down to about 20 meters in front of the car it was it was a very interesting experience i had i had one son curled up in a ball in the back seat and and um, yeah, my other son going, are we going to get home okay? So very interesting <laughs> experience. But yeah. um, but no, it's been it's been a good uh, good Christmas New Year, and I hope you hope you had a good one too. I did. Uh, I uh, Christmas always very very low key. Uh, always my mom and my uh, my sister, and my brother in law. We have a nice uh, nice couple of days. New Year's Eve, I spent I always spend at Doctor G's house, and uh, he usually has a shindig. That was very nice. We are, as you and I were chatting before we went on the air, uh, you know, times change. A decade ago, we'd have been up till 2, 2.30 in the morning mm. imbibing. Now uh, it's more like, uh, oh, it's 12.06? I got to go to bed. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm that's, done. And, that's, and that's, for those, uh, that's for those of us who actually make it to midnight. I will own yeah, up. Yeah. I didn't even make it to midnight. My wife and I were in bed well before midnight. So, and that happens a lot when you've got the kids. You know, you're just like, nah, I'm done. I'm going to bed. 
Oh, my God. That's so funny. Yeah, the day's going to come when I'll eventually not be either. Um, anyway, uh, it's good to be with you, Dave, as always. Uh, incidentally, everybody, I'm going to plug now. Uh, if you go to the uh, – uh, if you go to YouTube and, of course, go to the uh, – go to the um, – North-South Connection YouTube channel. Uh, they have been doing, they always do great stuff. And uh, posted, as we're recording this, it just posted uh, the other day. But uh, when you listen to this, it'll be up, it would have been up there for a couple weeks. So you have to dig into the videos a little bit. But uh, on Cronoso, uh, my good, uh, my compadre here did a very nice video with uh, Mr. Gray. Uh, about uh, the Mega Powers. So uh, check it out. It was exceptional. It's a little under half an hour. It's about 20, it was like 27 minutes or 28 minutes. It's really good. Uh, I took part in in a uh, uh, a Cronoso as well. I did the main event uh, with Steve Bennett, which was a lot of fun. Um, so check it out. Go to the uh, YouTube uh, channel. Go to YouTube and go to the North-South Connection. Uh, it was a lot of, it was a very good video, Dave. You and Ryan did a great job. So I just want to let you, wanted to make that clear to everyone. Uh, very much. Um, yeah, and and it's the mega powers. Who doesn't love talking mega powers? Um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, tonight we're not talking the mega powers. Well, we could. Yeah, we're probably not going to. Um, uh, it is of course January. We're not talking sold out. The day is going to come though. It's kind of like the running joke that uh, Jr. and I had, where we always said we were going to do uh, we were going to do a review of of. Uh, barely legal 1997 and then we never did <laughs> we pissed like so well we did piss a lot of people off just a couple but uh that's dave and i doing every every year until 2030 uh until we finally decide yeah we'll do we'll do sold outs but anyway we're not it's hard when january is the month of what many what many have as uh as their favorite pay-per-view uh in wwe lore um and that is of course the royal rumble everybody loves the royal rumble uh it's very rare. I don't know a ton of – I'm one of them, actually. I'm in the minority. Uh, there are a ton of people, probably a very high majority, that indicate that, uh, you know, that uh, the Royal Rumble is their favorite pay-per-view. Some say WrestleMania. My favorite pay-per-view brand, I guess you could say, has always been SummerSlam, but that's a personal thing with me because that was the one I used to buy as a kid for all my friends. We used to rotate, and SummerSlam was my show. Uh the Royal Rumble, of course, has always had some great moments. And if you want to go back to previous episodes that Dave and I did, go back to the archives, place to be.podbean.com or any of your podcast catchers and uh, go back through the archives and find uh, uh, and find um, uh, the last uh, episodes of uh, in January of previous years uh, that Dave and I did the Rumble. So uh, tonight, though, we're going to do uh, we're do a couple of things. Uh, we're going to go back to two specific shows. We don't want to go through all of them. We've done this in the past, but we have two specific shows that we're going to rebook because they're just they're, – they're two of the – I wouldn't say two of the worst. One of them we're going to rebook simply because the uh, the show has evolved from, what thi- from when this one aired. So we're going to kind of adjust it to a pay-per-view setting. And then we're going to rebook probably one of the crappiest, just one of the worst – rumbles of all time i don't know about the undercard but maybe we rebook the rumble maybe we tweak the undercard i don't know but we'll get to that too and then we're gonna have some fun in the second half we're gonna go back to the years between um 2003 and 2013 that decade 
of course, was the 10 years with which a Royal Rumble winner could choose which uh, championship he was going to go after at WrestleMania. And there were a couple of years where they could have picked three um, when, of course, ECW was around. So that would have been what, 2007, 2008, and 2009. Uh, we'll see if that makes any sense. I don't know. Um, so Dave, as always, you are the, uh, you are the soothsayer. You usually put forth the wonderful narrative for all of us. So get us started. What should we, what should we dive into first? Well, I think you've, uh, I think you gave a very good hint of where we, where, where we should start. And, and that is the, the rumble evolved over time. I mean, the, the rumble itself, uh, even on pay-per-view and initially was, was a card that you'd, you'd have most of the key players in the rumble and then it evolved to become the winner gets the title shot and and as a result the the undercard became a lot more uh uh championship heavy you'd have a lot of world title matches and and stuff that weren't on the early ones but the very first rumble if uh for those of us who were around when it happened and for those who um maybe are a bit younger, might not re- have realized that the first Rumble was not a pay-per-view event. It was a special on the USA Network, very similar to the Saturday night main event and main event concepts. And so correct, we, we thought we'd have a look. And as a result, because it was on, on, on television, it was a little bit smaller, a smaller undercard. It was a, uh, a smaller Rumble. Um, there were only 20 guys in it. Um, and as has been documented on many shows, they only had half the crew that they were running another house show at another venue on the same night as the Rumble. So mm-hmm. it wasn't the full roster. Um, and so what we thought we'd do is we'd go back to 1988 and put out the consideration, what if the Rumble in 88 was on pay-per-view and the entire roster was available? Would the undercard be a little bit different? Who would be in the Rumble? And and then we thought we'd look at, you know, we're not going to book each moment of the Rumble, you know, number by number, but we thought we'd have a look at some of the key, what might some of the key moments in the Rumble be? Who might be like the, the early end there, the one and two entrant? Who might be number 30? Uh, who would be the Iron Man? Who would be the person with the most elimination? We just sort of look at some of the key things that make a Rumble good and consider what that might have been like if 1988 was on pay-per-view with 30 guys in it. So Mm -hmm. I think it should be interesting. I think it should be a a bit of fun. I agree. And, uh, yeah, because if you don't – because if you look at, obviously, um, just to go through it, the undercard, you had Steamboat Rude, which you thought would be a better match, and it it was eh. – probably the best match of the card and arguably one of the best matches of 1988 was – uh, the Jumping Bomb Angels and the Glamour Girls for the uh, women's tag belts. Two out of three falls. Fantastic match. They had some good uh, house show matches, which if you want to go back to the archive also uh, at the, uh, here on the network, uh, when JR and I did the uh, our MSG, you know, the Federation era run from 85 to 92 on the Place to Be podcast, um, we, we lauded a couple of Glamour Girls um, Jumping Bomb Angels matches. But this one obviously is very good. Uh, then the Rumble, and then uh, a great match, which if I remember correctly, I think was clipped. I think they went off the air before it finished, and that was the That's Islanders. Right. 
the Islanders and the Young Stallions, Haku and Tama against uh, Mr. Roman, Mr. Powers, in a uh, two out of three falls. Now, obviously, the 20 guys in the Rumble, um, most of them are, some of them are fine. I think some of them are good additions that would be in a Rumble. For instance, Bret Hart was number one. And he lasted, uh, I think, the longest because, obviously, he was the best athlete in this bunch. Um, uh, I am most certainly going to change the winner because, well, it's me as David Lowe. (laughs) Because we're doing this by pay-per-view. This guy's not getting a world title shot. Sorry, not happening. Not on my watch. Um, uh, So I think the best thing to do, like you said, we have – before we go any further, we did put one rule in place for ourselves, and yep. that was we made the decision that the Hulk Hogan Andre the Giant contract signing would still take place. And because it was the key factor in the storyline in building to the main event, which built to WrestleMania 4. So the one thing that we were not going to change in any way was the Hogan Andre contract sign. No, no. And and that's, that's fine. True. Yeah. Agree 100%. No, I agree with that 100%. Um So, so sculpt it out, Dave. T- tell me what's on your mind as you are building this. What is the uh what is in your mind if you as you ditch the the house show uh, that you said took place, the house show that uh, happened. Um, I'm trying to look it up now. Uh, yeah, it was at the sports, as you mentioned, the radio. I have that right? Wait, let me make sure I have the right date. Did I get that right? Hold on. Um, uh, the 24th. I'm looking at the 25th. Oh, okay. Uh uh, it was at Halifax, Nova Scotia. Halifax, Nova Scotia. You know, it's funny, Dave. The next night, and of course we did this show, JR and I, the night after the Rumble, that Monday night, was uh, an MSG house show. Was. Which is pretty cool. So, yeah, so uh, here are those. Here, Here's the card, quickly, before we dive in. So here's who was in Halifax, which um, obviously I don't know how far Halifax is from Hamilton, Ontario. I don't think it's close. Um, I, I need Aaron George, my Canada guy, or Mark Poirier. But so the card in Nova Scotia: uh, Sherry and Rock and Robin had a women's title match. Coco Beware beat Sika. Um, the Rougeos beat the Conquistadors. Uh, Axe defeated Buddy Lane, who was subbing for Billy Jack Haynes. I wonder if Billy Jack was pretty much out by then. Um, Smash defeated Ken Patera. Uh, Ex-Dream Teamers faced each other, Brutus Beefcake and Greg Valentine. And in the main event, and this is big, Dave. This is big for the rebook, for me anyway. Honky Tonk Man and, of course, the Macho Man Randy Savage would have an IC title match in the main event, which Honky would win by DQ. Um, Obviously, for me, the biggest guy that's not um, at the Royal Rumble is, uh, is Savage. And that plays a big role in my rebooking. Just letting you know. Um, other than it that, a, it plays a big role in mine as well. Yeah. Um, you and I may be on the same wavelength, I think. 
Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll see. It'd be, it could be interesting. Okay. All right. Um, now I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this Halifax card, and I'm curious who you. Well, you said we're in our in, in our in this universe through our looking glass. This show never happened, and right. all of these people are in. Uh, are in. Um, Hamilton. Hamilton. So, uh, so what do you have on your mind? What do you got on All your right. mind? Well, I, I thought I might give you a bit of a rundown of I I, I looked at the the list of of entrants in the Rumble, and as you said, there are guys that that competed in the twenty man Rumble that are just cannon fodder and a waste of time, and there's a lot of people who who might benefit or the rumble would benefit from including i uh had a look at the entire roster and i also worked out what i wanted my undercard to be and as a result i i I developed my undercard and then i chose what i felt were the 30 best guys to have on the in the rumble itself and sort of built from there so i've sort of, of not you know there's no sort of like this person's replacing that person. I just went, what do I think would be a good undercard for 1988 Royal Rumble? And then as a result, who are the 30 guys that are going to be in the Rumble itself? That's how I have developed this this uh, this card. And and so I guess well, I'll probably a good way to place to start would be to give you my undercard matches and the reasons why I've got them there. Okay. Um, sure. I think that's probably the, the best place to start, because okay. otherwise we're um you know we're sort of uh you know trying to work out where where place city. So on pay per view, nineteen eighty eight. Um, I, I felt that one of the one of the things that the WWF liked to do a lot. They didn't do it all the time. They liked to do a lot. They liked to start the the card off quickly. They like to start it off with um, with a match that can get the crowd going, and usually you like to have a a good guy get the win on in the opening match to get the crowd upbeat and excited. So I thought, okay, who would I want in a match in that scenario? And I think a good guy to get a win in that scenario would be Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Okay. Uh, I, I think that I think that I always found it weird that that match he had with Rude in '88 ends in a time limit draw. It did no one any good. Uh, it doesn't really help either of them. So I thought Ricky Steamboat needs to to get a win. And then I, I really I looked at the at the roster and I went, who could give Steamboat a decent match, and yet be beaten cleanly by him. Who's not and, and and in the process isn't going to have anything greatly impacted about who they were as a guy. And I came down to to one of two guys, and I'm happy to to hear your thoughts on on either one. But the two guys I feel that Steamboat could probably have a decent match with, and yet could could uh, get a clean victory over. One of them is the King Harley Race, and the other one is Greg the Hammer Valentine. And I think Steamboat would probably have a better match with the Hammer, um, but there could be a desire to have the Hammer in the Rumble itself. And you know, Harley Race at this point of his career really is just putting guys over, and so yeah, you know, I could see him being willing to to 
to give Steamboat the best he can and 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 drop the match in you know sort of six or seven minutes. Uh, what are your thoughts? Who, how, how do you feel about that as an opening uh, opening match? And and who do you think would be the better person to go against Steamboat? Uh, I I agree with you on uh, on Hammer. Um, I'm sure Harley and Steamboat probably had amazing matches probably like 11 years earlier <laughs> in like 77, 78, 79. Um, you know, when they were probably battling for like the mid-Atlantic heavyweight title or when Harley was world's well at that time, if Har- if Harley was, was uh world's heavyweight champion, they probably had some world title matches bouncing around the Carolinas, Georgia, you know, Virginia, <coughs> excuse me. So, but now I do not think that, uh, I don't think that Harley would probably, uh, give Steamboat the kind of match we would need. Um, so Hammer and Steamboat, uh, I think this would be amazing uh, if you add a stip to it. Um, I think this would be a fun match if you do Hammer versus Steamboat. The winner gets number 30 and the loser gets number one. Kind of like Triple H in, uh, and uh, what's his name in 96? Uh, um not T.L. Hopper, the other one. Duke the Dumpster. Um, uh, I think uh, I think that's I think you do that, and then you have Hammer at one, and he could go on a big, powerful run, and then I think uh, um, uh, I think Steamboat at thirty would be pretty cool because Steamboat. You know, he's a guy that could easily win the Rumble. Uh, I uh, I love that. I, I I go with I go with Hammer and Steamboat. Now I have Steamboat and something else, but we'll we'll do my little card in a minute uh, when we get when we finish yours. But I have Steamboat and something else. Probably not as fun as yours, but uh, <laughs> um, uh, your match is better than mine. But uh, I I like that, and I think I think that would be fun to make that a one versus 30. However, uh, I have another match that could do that for my, uh, for my, um, for my card, but we'll get to mine in a second. Um, I I, I like the idea of the, of the winner gets 30 and the loser gets one. However, I have a different plan for the number 30 spot in, in, in the rumble. So okay. I, 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 I think I would just leave it as, as, as a match. Okay. That's um, fine. Sure. And sure. Um, I think, yeah, I think we get a good, good match out of it. So yeah, yeah sure. I like that there. So, so steamboat Valentine's will, will keep off my card. Um, so, so after that, I, um, I'm, I'm going to, going to up the ante a little bit. There is a team that in my opinion needs a bit of shine. There's a team that are a, a tag team that are about to go on a massive tear, but really from a WWF television perspective, we haven't seen a whole lot of them. Um, they were at Survivor Series uh, and were protected there, but I would be putting Demolition in the undercard on this occasion. I think they need a strong win because they're going to be going to WrestleMania as the number one contenders to the tag title. So I'd like to Correct. give them a, a win. And so Demolition are going to have a tag match 
And when I worked out who I wanted in the Rumble and who I felt I could sacrifice, um, Demolition will, will face off against uh, Jacques and Raymond Rougeau uh, in a tag team match in which Demolition will get a clean victory, uh, probably with a little bit of shenanigans because they are heels. You know, you probably have uh, Fuji interfere like you would in a, in a like WWE would at that time period. But really, this is, a, is an opportunity to showcase Demolition and get them on everyone's radar in the build-up to WrestleMania. Yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. I don't. I mean, having Demolition in the Rumble match is a waste. So um, I like that. I think that's good. Demolition needs to be strong. You want them against strong baby faces because uh, in our in our universe here, they're still going to win the tag titles at uh, at WrestleMania. So I have no problem with that. Um. Yeah. No, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Let me make. Let me write that down. I'll make sure I have that right. So, all right. So, so far we have uh, Steamboat versus uh, Valentine and Demolition versus um, Rujos. Rujos. Thank you. I don't know why. I just I said it. Five, I had it in my head two seconds ago, and then it just flew out of my head. The Rujos. Rujos are still baby faces, obviously. They don't start really turn heel till the middle end of '88. Um. Yeah, having either of them in the Rumble is pointless. So uh, I'm perfectly fine with that. You don't, we don't want as we don't want as many tag teams in this match as uh, in, in the Rumble match as they did. So, so I'm good with that. Okay. Yep, I approve. I like that one. I like that one. Okay. Um. So uh, after that, look, I'm 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 going to draw on what I actually liked in the original Rumble, and I've got a match in two segments that I am keeping as they were. The first one is I would, I, as much as some people and feel it dragged on a bit of a long period of time, I always love the bench press, the Dino Bravo bench press segment with Jesse. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's good fun. I would probably tighten the time limit on it a little bit, but um, I, I would keep the bench press in there because it, it was all part of getting the the Dino Bravo singles pushover, the, the new the new character for Dino Bravo, I think it's important and and it's a good spotlight moment for him. So I'm keeping that, followed by the fact that I would keep the Glamour Girls Jumping Bomb Angels match on the card as well. As we we noted, it's one of the best cards, the matches of the year. I keep that one. And as we've already highlighted, um, we're keeping the Hogan-Andre contract signing. So for me... There's a little sort of run of segments there. Bravo's bench press, the the women's tag title match, and then the Hogan Andre segment. I think there's a there's a, a three segment run that I'm keeping in place. Okay, I, I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. I kept I kept Glamour Girls Bomb Angels on mine, so I'm good with that as well. Okay, so uh, very solid, Dave. Very solid. I like uh, I like. Getting some of those guys off of the off of that that uh, forgotten Halifax uh, house show, I, I was perplexed as to why they just didn't have everybody here anyway. And I, looking back now, like what was the point for Vince to run like this rando house show um, on a Sunday night anyway? Why didn't they just all go there? I, I think that I think that my my. Look at the time period. 
is I think the decision to run the Royal Rumble, to do the television special and do the Royal Rumble was a late decision. And I think the house shows had already been booked at that point because it's interesting to note that earlier in the day, there's a house show in Ontario that gets cancelled, which probably had the same crew as who was at the Royal Rumble. I think they've just cancelled that to focus on the television but they probably already had a bit of a, a, a you know, ticket sales at, in, in Halifax and and didn't want to cancel a run. So I, did, I, I, I think they just felt we, we don't want to cancel two house shows, um, so we just keep one going. That That's how I always felt they, the reason why they did what they did. Mm. Probably, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, obviously it's different, but in our universe – uh, everything's pay-per-view. We're all about making money here in the alternate, in this alternate looking glass, Dave. Uh, okay. So why don't you recap for us before we go on? So your undercard is you've got. Ricky the uh, Dragon Steamboat uh, versus is overcoming, defeating Greg the Hammer Valentine in the opening match. Then we're going to see Demolition defeat the Rougeau brothers. We're then going to have Dino Bravo's bench press record set with the assistance of Jesse the Body. Just just a fingertip. Just a fingertip. Um, we're then going to see the Jumping Bomb Angels beat the Glamour Girls for the women's tag titles. And we're rounded off with the Hulk Hogan-Andre the Giant contract signing for the main event. Correct. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Let me give you my, uh, let me give you my undercard. Uh, so I've got, I've got, um, uh, four matches myself leading up to the Hogan Andre signing. Um, I'm stealing your demolition, uh, Rougeos cause I didn't have them yet. So I'm stealing it. Uh, so my other matches are. I'm going to I'm going to transport we're going to really promote the women here. I'm going to transport the Sherry Rock and Robin women's title match to uh to the undercard. Um I know they didn't have the best chemistry and a lot of people crap on their matches, but that's okay. Um I you're going to hate this cuz your match is so much better than mine, but I think it would be fun. Ricky Steamboat never got at least in our world, never got his rematch with Ooh. the Honky Tonk Man. So on my undercard, Ricky Steamboat challenges the Honky Tonk Man for the Intercontinental Championship. Oh, uh, that's, a, that's a good one. Yeah, I think, I mean, Honky's, we're going to keep Honky winning it, unfortunately. But I think, but we're going to put Steamboat in the Rumble anyway, because in our world, we can do whatever we want, because it's you and me. So Steamboat's still going to be in the Rumble, but he is going to get a, uh, he is going to get, his title shot back with honky and, and get, you know, some type of megaphone to the face or some kind of thing. So, um, we keep the glamor girls versus the jumping bomb angels. We'll keep that. Cause why do we get rid of that? That's nonsense. And then I have a one versus 30. I have a one versus 30. You ready for this? Yep. The Macho Man, Randy Savage, and the Hitman, Bret Hart. Oh. One versus 30. Saturday night's main event. Yes. 
But this time they get pay-per-view length. No, no five-minute nonsense. We give them 12, 13. We're pay-per-view length, Dave. So we're given 12, 13, 14 minutes. Remember, we don't have a world title match because we have no world champion. So, well, no, we have Hogan. Sorry, duh. Hogan's a champ, but he's in the tight. He's in the so there is no, there is no uh, uh, title match. So we have Savage. Oh, we have uh, uh, Savage and Brett in a battle for one versus thirty. Because I think we need to beef up the undercard. We have you know Hogan's the champ, but he's in the contract signing. No need for him to be in the Rumble. Andre doesn't have to be in the Rumble because he's getting his title shot, so he doesn't need another one. Uh, at least on my side. It may change for you. I'm curious. But um, so that's that's what I've got. That's my undercard. That, that, that's, versus- a really, that's a really strong undercard. I, I like I, – I'm, I'm picturing that just tearing the house down. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will admit I did consider putting a, an IC title match on my on my uh, undercard, but I I ended up not do I ended up deciding not to go for any double ups. Uh, being 1988, those early years they didn't really do a, the double up concept yet. And while we can gotcha. do anything, we, while we can do anything we want, I wanted to save. I have a particular spot in mind uh, involving. Our, our Intercontinental Champion in, in the Royal Rumble itself. So I wanted him in my Rumble, which meant that I chose not to put him on the undercard. And and part of that, I guess, came from the idea of I didn't want to burn Honky and Savage on the undercard. I thought that would overpower everything because of how hot that feud was. But I also felt that if you put either of them in a match like, all I picture happening is Savage wanting to interfere in that Honky Tonk Man steamboat match. And I'm picturing Honky wanting to interfere and attack Savage in that match against Bret Hart. And I feel that would just potentially overwhelm things a little bit. But but on its own, like, in, 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 in the concept of the type of matches that you've got on your undercard, that's, that's like, that steamboat Honky match would be outstanding, I think. And... Brett and Savage given a pay-per-view match would just tear the roof off the place. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I, 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 uh, I have no problem with your double-up philosophy. Uh, we don't want to get too uh, liberal with our, with our alternate universe rules, so I'm okay with that. Um, uh, so with what you have on your undercard, tell me now – because, so, if we are doing this pay-per-view, I'm assuming that the winner of the Royal Rumble, because this is a big question here, Dave. Does the winner of the Royal Rumble um, get the title shot at WrestleMania 4? Or are we still talking about a tournament? I'm going to put that well, ball in your court. I with your look, court, so I think that you could you could you could do both. I think you could plan for the winner of the uh, rumble to get 
the title shot until the Hogan Andre incident happens at the main event, and they shift. Uh, they could shift to the to the tournament concept. I I suspect you and I um, may be heading in similar directions with our winners, but with different people. Uh, I, I'm just uh, hearing where you've gone with your number 30. I, I, I suspect well, I know who your Rumble winner is going to be. Um, I think you and I have got similar thoughts. So it, it's certainly possible to to keep it. Uh, I don't think it's a necessary factor in our first Rumble. Uh, however, I think both of us have chosen number 30s that are, are going to benefit in the similar vein. So I think when we talk about what we've got, I think I think we'll we'll, we'll see that play out. Okay. So, all right. So thirty guys in the rumble. Okay. Um, look, I I I I can um uh, a quick rundown. Look, I'm, I'm just going to give a quick rundown of who I've got in my rumble. Um, as I said, I don't have any double ups. Uh, I'm not going to go into great detail on everyone here, and then we'll then we'll talk about some key moments and stuff. So. In no particular order, my Royal Rumble includes uh, the following competitors. I've got the Heart Foundation and I've got Strike Force, um, Butch Reed, Jake the Snake Roberts, Ravishing Rick Rude, the Killer Bees. I've got Dangerous Danny Davis, The Rock Don Morocco, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Outlaw Ron Bass, Hillbilly Jim Kempatera, Dino Bravo, The Ultimate Warrior, One Man Gang, and The Junkyard Dog. Randy Savage, the Honky Tonk Man, the British Bulldogs, the Islanders, pardon me, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Bam Bam Bigelow, the King Harley Race, and Seeker. They're the 30 guys I've ended up putting in my rumble. I think there's a, a good balance. You've got several guys that are considered the upper end of the roster, mm-hmm. several strong tag teams. You've got some guys in there that can just be tossed, but I think we've eliminated some of the Super fodder. There's no Sam Houston's. There's no Bolsheviks. There's no guys that just really don't need to be in there at all. Correct. So that that's sort of my thirty. Um, I'm interested to know your thirty. Who you've who you've included and and who you've left out. Um. So my thirty. Uh, my thirty are here's the ones I'm going to keep in. Of the of the twenty that are that are in the original rumble i'm going to uh keep uh brett tito butch reed neidhart jake harley uh brunzel i'm taking out sam houston i'm taking out danny davis i'm taking out boris zukov morocco i'm taking out i'm even taking out nikolai uh i'll keep duggan because he's hot but he's not winning Ron Bass, taking out Bree Brian Blair. Did I keep Brunzel? I think I kept Brunzel. All right, so we'll leave B. Brian Blair in. Hillbilly Jim could stay in. Dino Bravo can stay in. Obviously, Ultimate Warrior. One Man Gang and JYD. So I need so, to... So I think, we've done, I think we've done a similar thing. We've basically removed pretty... I, I kept Danny Davis in. Uh, but outside of that, we've pretty well removed the same guys. Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, Danny Davis is a waste. I, I, I would, like I liked I kept Danny Davis in because he gives you someone you can eliminate easily, and everyone hated him. The the the, the, the he was still over enough that everyone hated him that you'd like to see him tossed. 
That is and true. That's the only reason I kept him. That is true. Um, I mean, you know what? Maybe I'll I'll put him back in. I'll put Danny. Good call. That's a smart. That's smart, Dave, for creative purposes. Uh, put him back in. Um, I would add the Islanders. I would add both. Uh, I would add both. Um, Jim Powers and Paul Roma in because I'm getting rid of that match. I would add Haku and Tama in because they were good solo guys. Um, I would, uh, let's see. Uh, I would add Rick Rude in there because now Rick Rude has no match. I would add Rick Rude. Um, obviously, Brett stays. Savage is going in there because he's in the match. So Savage is going in there. Uh, I would put in Sika. I would definitely put in Coco because Coco could have some uh, kind of like something that a future guy like uh, like um, Kofi Kingston would do. I have a feel like I have a feeling Coco um, could do like some crazy things. Yep. Um, so I think that would be. I think that's good to have him there. Um. I would believe both Rougeau. Well, no, because I, I kept that match. So, let's see. Uh, yep. No, both Rougeaus are in. Uh, the Conquistadors are pointless. I don't need them. Um, Beefcake obviously would be in there. Valentine would obviously be in there. Um, so, what would that leave me? I think that's enough, right? Would that make 30 guys? Um. See. Trying to You'd see. Be close. Um, you might need another. I'm just wondering. You haven't got the. You haven't mentioned the Bulldogs. Oh. And where are they? They're not on anything. They were not on either on on either card. No. Oh, I would definitely put them in. Then you got to you got to put a couple because I mean Dynamite could do crazy things and you know Bulldog you know Davy Boy could could power somebody. So we'll throw the Bulldogs in there too. Um. Yeah, and obviously I think Jake and Rude uh, could have some fun, even though I don't think that feud technically started yet. Hasn't started yet, but I think like the Rumble is a good place, and I think this is where we'll, we'll be talking in just a moment. The Rumble's always a good place to preview what's going to happen, and I think it would it would have been a good opportunity to maybe – give a reason why they might end up uh, going against each other in the future. Right. No, that, that's a good point. That's true. And um, uh, one guy we don't – oh, whoa, there's one guy that we whose name we didn't mention, um, even though he'll be part of the, quote, uh, contract signing, is DiBiase. I put DiBiase in there. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. See, I've got DiBiase in my – I forgot to mention him. He is in mine as well. Yeah, because DiBiase is not going to stand there. Yeah, he's part of the contract signing because of the whole thing, but he'll be in there. Um, we don't know who he'd be eliminated by, but that we'll get to that in a second. Um, I think that gives me enough. That, that, that will give you thirty. Yeah. Okay, there we go. So, so you and I are similar. You and I have similar, similar thirty guys. If we eliminate the uh, the the house show in uh, in. Nova Scotia. So at that point, uh, oh, the key numbers. 
All right, that's next. So I'll, I'll I'll pass back to you. You have what are what are the uh, what are the key numbers that we're talking so, about? Yeah. So obviously the key numbers in the rumble are who you're starting with and who you're finishing with. You're one and two, and you're thirty. Um, I think they're they're the, they're the super key key numbers. And for me, I'm keeping Bret Hart at one. I think that um, him going in and and starting the match is is, is a great idea. I'm not having him start with Tito, though. I'd rather have him start with Rick Martel. I think the two of them could have a really good first couple of minutes, and both of them are guys that can can go a while. So you can keep them in. You can, uh, if you want to have them eliminate people or if you want to have them be eliminated, but they're guys who, who are very versatile. So I would start with uh, with Brett, and I'd start with Rick Martel. Who, who, have you, who would you start with? So let's see. So you said Brett Martell. Oh yeah, Ricky's not hurt. Uh, there's a guy whose name we didn't mention, huh? Um, well, remember I have Brett and Savage in a match for one versus thirty. So I I don't want to put Savage behind the eight ball because having him at one out of the gate the first rumble ever based on what I'm going to do with him would be, would not be, wouldn't fly. So I actually like bread at one. Um, I like bread at one and I would put, I kind of like Rick Martell at two, but Tito at two is good. Cause you want another, you know, you want another, uh, um, Another guy there at two, but I know it happens a couple of years later, but I'm thinking maybe some uh, corrupt shenanigans and Savage gets stuck at three because then DiBiase gets 30. Hmm. Um, Because I want Savage in a prime like underdog spot, yet at the same time... um, not number one because we don't want him winning it because I, I, I don't want based on what I want to do. I don't want him at one. So, so I like, I would keep Brett at one and I would put, I would put Tito at two because technically the heart foundation are still heels. So um, they don't turn face until after mania when Brett gets ghetto blasted by uh bad news Brown who technically is not here yet. Um, so I would put Brett at one, I would keep Tito at two, and I would put Savage at three because of some shenanigans in the back with the got with the with the with something. And 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 uh Savage ends up at three. Um right. I'm gonna yeah. say that DiBiase uh spoke on behalf of Savage and he's now at three. Okay. And uh, I I need some storyline stuff. I know this sounds very convoluted, but at the same time, I feel like I need some storyline stuff with DiBiase. So I'm going to yeah. say that he uh, that the the WWF officials got hoodwinked into accidentally putting Savage at three and putting DiBiase at thirty. Okay. The only well, other thing I- we could do. The only other thing I could do, Dave. Sorry to interrupt. The only other thing I could do is take Brett out of the match with with Steamboat with uh, 
Savage, which would suck for the undercard, and put Savage and DiBiase in that match. Oh, gee. And then have DiBiase win and be at 30, but then Savage would be at one. So I tell you that one versus 30 is kind of hoodwink, is kind of, uh, is kind of, uh, um, put you in a corner, putting me in a corner. Yeah. Maybe I'll just ditch that. All right. So we'll, we're, we're just, we're still going to have, so we're going to, we're going to, uh, Keep Brett and DBI. Keep keep Brett and maybe we'll do DiBiase and Savage anyway. Have DiBiase and Virgil have Savage win, but have maybe DiBiase and Virgil kind of take him out after the match, and then he still comes in at three, but now he's like limping and beat up. Very, very Bret Hartis in, in yes, ninety four, like Bret Hart ninety four, yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. All right, I'm going to do that. I'm going to change my undercard. As much as I would love Savage and Brett, we could put them on an MSG house show. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that's what we'll do then, and and then uh, DiBiase goes in at you know some other number. And Savage goes in at DiBiase could go in at like 28 or something. And Savage could go in at like three. But I like Brett at one and I still like I, I'm gonna keep the top two from real life. I like Brett at one, I like Tito at two, but I put Savage in at three. Okay. And DiBiase yeah. at 30. Yeah. I've got DiBiase at 30. I, I I I agree with that. And I'm going very much what happened in 89. DiBiase pays someone off, buys the number. It doesn't matter. Um, because this is the he's only just recent in the company. This is at the the absolute peak of trying to prove that money buys everything, including the world title. And so DBRC is going to prove that he can buy what he wants. He's going to get the number thirty. Um, he's going to find it, pay for it, and he comes in at thirty. Very similar to what happened in '89. That's how I would I would move my DBRC right. in, into the Rumble. So okay. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. All right. All so right. that's what I have. That's what I have for that. All right. Okay. So let, 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 let's cover a couple of um, – let, let's just talk a little bit in general here. Cover a couple of things and, and include include tying this is going to be some of our key spots. But uh, some of the other key factors in a Royal Rumble are your, your what, what certain terms have come to be known. So you have your Iron Man, the, the guy who's probably going to last the longest in the ring. Now, I think you've perhaps telegraphed your Iron Man by telling us who your number three is. Do I do I suspect do I suspect correctly that you are looking at um, none other than a Macho Man as your Iron Man? Uh, yes, Macho Man is my Iron Man, and DiBiase is going to pay every heel that comes out to. Ooh. Work him over. Oh, a bit of a bounty. Yeah. Work him over. Get him out of this. I've got, we got to get rid of him because I need a clear path. I've already got Andre. uh, You know, I already got Andre on my payroll and I'll deal with him and Hogan in a few weeks in Indianapolis. 
But I got to get Savage because Savage is getting a groundswell. And we're going to start booking him as the guy. So, so DiBiase is going to start paying off some rando heels, the Harleys, the Butch Reeds, the, the Morocco. Oh, no, Morocco was a babyface at this point. Um, the Ron Basses, like those kind of like yeah. mercenary kind of guys. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and just start with going in there and going right at Savage and just start pummel because Savage is the one. Of, I mean, I know Ricky Morton is one of them, and I guess Shawn Michaels is too, but. But Randy Savage will always win the Babyface and Peril Award. No one took a beating like he did. And the sympathy that he garners, it's like, you know, like Jesse's just getting, Jesse's loving it. Gorilla's getting so pissed off. Like, why why aren't these guys, I mean, come on, Jack Tunney. You can't, you know, but what are you going to do? If they're in the Rumble, they can do whatever they want while they're in the Rumble. And if they're getting a little extra scratch on the side to... Assert their priorities, then so be it. So, so you know, Gorilla could lose his mind. Jesse could be loving it that even though he's, you know, Jesse is a savage guy, but obviously, you know, listen, this makes perfect sense to, uh, to, um, you know, to get the heels to, uh, you know, really work him over as their, you know, as their, uh, uh, in the match, and then eventually, you know, we'll go from they'll go from there. Because I don't think you're going to want to see guys like jump out on their own because that's that's cheesy. But the whole point is to make life easy for DiBiase when he gets to 30. And yeah. in his mind, Savage is the biggest threat. Yeah, that's how they want to book it. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, my. I, I, I look. I, I've taken the cheap method. I my Iron Man. I decided I wanted to keep Bret Hart in that role. Um, I just I, I think he's the the perfect guy to start off with. Uh, doing a long run, doing a deep run without necessarily needing to win or making it to the end. So I've just stuck with Bret Hart as my Iron Man. Um, you know, I, I just I feel that he he has the ability to 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 make it work, and I think. Knowing where they're going to go with Brett, with his uh, WrestleMania four finishing in the last two, and then going into it to the uh, the singles run coming out of WrestleMania four, I thought I thought that would be a good way to start building Brett in that limelight uh, way, giving giving him a bit of shine, letting people see him go for a while, and 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 getting a bit of that, you know, knowing he's going to draw some. Uh, sympathy for being in there a while. I think that helps get more of the fans behind him as that we know that he's going to turn babyface at WrestleMania 4. So that's, uh, yeah, look, I've, I've, I've taken the easy way on a, on a couple of these, but I feel that's uh, that's just a, a good way, only because I've got, like I said, I've got some other things planned for some other people, and I feel Brett's the one who can, who can go a while. Uh, his elimination will be memorable. Uh, and we'll get to that shortly. So we've got our Iron Man. One of the other key roles that has come up in, in over the history of the Rumble is what they call the Diesel Push. The you know after after uh, '94 um, Diesel's uh, run in the '94 Rumble and the way he was made to look there, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's become a common trait to have someone go on a little bit of a tear in the middle of the rumble, throw out a few guys in quick succession, be really given that shine, that that prominent that prominent look. And um, I looked at my roster and I felt who would benefit from that type of which they don't necessarily have to be the only person in the ring for a while, but we know the, the sort of uh, concept we're talking about here. One guy comes in, throws out a couple of guys, maybe throws out five or six people in pretty short time span. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my diesel push is going to go to the ultimate warrior. That's what mine would have. That's what mine was going to be. Yeah. I, I just feel warrior would really benefit. He's, he's new to the company, but they get their, clearly looking to make him that Superman sort of character. Mm-hmm. And so I think it benefits him to be able to come in, throw a few guys out in a short period of time, and, and then eventually run out of steam and, and get tossed himself. Uh, I, I'm not really – I don't think it really matters. Maybe oh, – here's a guy that I haven't even got in this. I was going to say he's um, maybe – and I've just this has just come to mind. Neither of us recognize that he's not in the Rumble – but maybe the person to eliminate Warrior, the benefit could have been to have Hercules do it. And then that can build directly to their match at WrestleMania 4. Yeah, I like that idea too. Yeah, because, listen, Warrior is getting the the spotlight of a singles match at at WrestleMania. So obviously you're going to, you want to, you know, you want to kind of get that, you know, that fuse, uh, you know, and get to that point. So I like that idea a lot. And and I think Warrior will, and I think that will really like Fuse of Warrior being uh, like a big fan favorite for the kids, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. So, okay. So we, we've got, a, we've, we've got a, uh, a joint decision there on the diesel push. Uh, yep. Link to the diesel push, but not always the same person is the person who gets the most eliminations in the match. Uh, that's an overall elimination, and that is not always the same person as the diesel push. And for you, it might not be with with the fact that you've put Savage in at three. So I'd be interested to hear where you go. But for me, I would just do the same thing. I would have the Warrior get the most eliminations here. Uh, to to play into what we just said, it, it, it's going to help him get that superhero look. It's going to help with the young fans really get some drive behind him and uh, make it a memorable night for the Ultimate Warrior? I'm going to go with Warrior 2, actually. Uh, Savage Savage is not worried about eliminations. That storyline is about survival. Um, so I, I, I'm going to go with Warrior on eliminations, too, because the eliminations don't... When it comes to Savage, for me, um, uh, it's got nothing to do with the... Um, with the number of guys out to me, it has to do with, uh, um, with, uh, survival of the guys kicking the crap out of them. So warrior may even give him a hand and start taking out heels for him. That might be a big boost. DiBiase starts getting pissed off because warrior comes in at like 22 or 23 and just starts chucking heels out. The Butch Reeds, the Ron Bat, like all these scrubs, the yeah. Danny D, you know, whatever. And and maybe Warrior kind of throws a some uh, a fly in DiBiase's ointment per se. Yeah, I like that. That that that's 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 good. So that, right. that's my thinking. That's my thinking. Cool. 
All right. Well, before we get to our winner and and how it comes about, um, how they get their their win. What are some key spots? Like every rumble has those moments. The the mo- a certain elimination or a particular storyline element that you have that you want to build to something else. And in our case, most likely building towards some things that are going to be happening at WrestleMania four. So right. I'm going to give you a couple that I have. I don't have many, but I'm going to give you a couple that I have. And then um, and I'll be interested to hear what maybe some of the spots you've got, um, some of the key things you would want to see happen. For me, um, it's interesting we talked earlier about the Jake the Snake Rick Rude. I, I always I felt this would be a great opportunity to have them start out. I think it would be really good, a good way to – give a bit of a precursor to the rude Jake storyline would be to have him start battling during the match. Um, maybe Jake tries the DDT, but uh, rude backdrops him and then rude charges at him and Jake backdrops rude out of the ring. I think rude does one of those great takes a backdrop really, really well. And I think he'd be a good one to have get backdrop over the top rope out to the floor just as a bit of a, you know, precursor, Rude later on could be annoyed at that, and that's maybe why he starts baiting at, um, at Jake. And then we've obviously lead to the Cheryl moment, which is a different thing. Right. And I think it also would play into them meeting in the first round of the tournament at WrestleMania, that you could sort of come back to, the, the commentators could come back to Gorilla and Jesse could, at Mania, talk about the fact how Jake did eliminate Rick Rude at, at the Royal Rumble. And so Rude's after revenge, and in the end, they have a boring, uh, a boring time. Mm, yeah. Sword. So, yes. so that, 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 that's one of uh, my moments. Another moment I would include um, is I just I feel it's a great um, a great opportunity to uh, highlight Beefcake and maybe get Beefcake on Honky's radar. And so during the match, early on, I would have um, Brutus the Beefcake lock the Honky Tonk Man in the sleeper hold. Gets the sleeper hold on him. Now, in in uh, in a, at a spot I'm going to talk about shortly, uh, Honky is going to have the support of guys like Danny Davis and Brett and Anvil. They're all going to be in the ring at the same time. And so Beefcake gets the sleeper on Honky. But it's bread or amble. They they break it up, and together they will eliminate Brutus Beefcake out of the ring. And as he goes over the top rope, I just picture Jimmy Hart laying in a couple of uh, shots of the feet, you know, sort of laughing at him and giving him a couple of kicks. And the referees have to restrain Brutus Beefcake from getting at Jimmy Hart on the outside. Again, to sort of butter lay the foundations for well, Beefcake wants to get at Jimmy, he wants to get at Honky, he wants to get some revenge on them. And that that's a that's a background for some more story build to WrestleMania 4. Um, a third key spot I saw was basically the reason I wanted the Islanders and the Bulldogs in the Rumble. I didn't want the Islanders having a match separate from the Bulldogs because this is just after um, Matilda has been kidnapped. In, uh, on superstars and in, in storyline. Um, the, the Islanders have just kidnapped Matilda. So the, the key spot for me is essentially Haku and Tama are going to be in the ring, probably Davy Boy in there because he's the, the healthier of the two Bulldogs. 
But once we've got all four guys in the ring, the, the Bulldogs and the Islanders are going to start to go hammer and tong, uh, probably in the process, eliminate each other. And, you know, you know, they maybe, you know, they toss one team, tosses the other over, and then the other team jumps in and pulls them out. And then they fight to the, they continue the battle to the back. So I just want that, that, um, that moment of absolute chaos between the Bulldogs and the Islanders battling away, eliminating each other and fighting all the way to the back. Very similar to what you see the Rockers and the, uh, what you see, I think it's uh, Sean and Tully Blanchard do in, um, in, in 89, is it when they, or the, the Rockers and the Brain Busters have a similar moment in uh, in the 89 Rumble where they battle in the aisle way, but mine will be yeah. a direct result of uh, a direct result of eliminations here. Right. Okay. So, and 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 then the the for me the biggest moment in my Rumble, I really want to play into the Savage Honky storyline that has been going for months now, and so what I've got is. As I said, Honky and and Anvil and Brett and Danny Davis are all in the ring. Probably this is going to happen just after they eliminate Brutus Beefcake. You've got all four of them in the ring. They're starting to look like they're taking control. The buzzer sounds and Randy Savage comes flying out to the ring and goes straight after the Honky Tonk Man. He's laying a beating on him. The Hart Foundation and Danny Davis, they all sort of try and help and and. Savage basically just turns around and starts belting each one of them. Danny Davis gets tossed easy. Jim the Anvil goes not long after. Um, Brett and Honky maybe get some shots in it on Savage at that point. But uh, he again fights back. He eliminates Bret Hart with a lovely backdrop. And then to to finalise this storyline, to really sort of seal it on from a television perspective, uh, Randy Savage is going to clothesline uh, Honky Tonk Man out of the ring, eliminating him, pointing over the top rope at him as he goes over, probably saying a few choice words as only the Macho Man can. But we have this moment where Macho has completely decimated the Honky Tonk Man and the rest of the Heart uh, Foundation to stand tall and overcome that adversary and prepare him to move into the next stage of his journey with the company. Hmm. Probably happens around the 1920 moment. You've got that, that, that two thirds of the way through the rumble. You've got that big spot, that big moment. Hmm. I do like that. I do like that. Yes. Um, uh, the difference in you and I, uh, in in one sense, is that Savage. We in my in my scenario, Savage has moved on from Honky, and is now focused on wanting to become the 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 WWF champion. So Honk, we've moved on from Honk. He's moved on from Honky. Um, I definitely I definitely go with the rude Jake. That definitely starts here. I definitely think Warrior and uh, Hercules starts here. I also, I also think we could have a great battle between hmm, – I want Harley Race to have a big WrestleMania – well, 
he did have one a year before, I guess. But would love for him to have another one. Um, but I'm trying to think what. Maybe Ken Patera. Eh. I forgot about Ken. Would tie, that would tie into the uh, that would tie into the Bobby Heenan storyline with Ken Patera. Yes, yes. Maybe we do that. Maybe Bobby uses the king to take out, try to take out Ken Patera because we have to have his name and he'll be in the rumble. So, and we have a, a Harley and maybe Ken Patera wins the crown briefly. You know, you give Ken Patera one last kind of great moment and then he'll go off in the sunset. So maybe we do something where, where Harley tries to work Ken Patera's weird arm thing. He's got going on there. Maybe he's got that strange arm brace. That's all held together with leather and nails. And, uh, uh, you know, we do get uh, a um, something where Harley, you know, tries to, um, you know, try to work Ken Patera over and they end up eliminating each other and Patera wants to go after Bobby, but kind of you know, Hercules and and uh, a couple other Heenan guys go after him. And we kind of get a good, legit, you know, a good, legit uh, Bobby Heenan family battle with Ken Patera. And we really build that storyline up. Yes, it's Ken Patera. I get it. But, but I think this is a good moment to give Ken Patera like a true, you know, this guy was a former intercontinental champion. He was a great heel and you know, yeah, he's got the weird hair and his creamy legs and all that, but he, uh, I think he deserves, I think we could get a really nice storyline building between now and March 27th where, where, um, Patera battles and gets to the end where he challenges Harley for let's say the King trophy and uh, like Bobby decides to put up um, this amount of his own money as reparations for leaving Patera in the dust. Although the story although made no sense because I don't know what Bobby was supposed to do while Patera was in jail. I still never made any <laughs> sense of that, but anyway, um, well, that wasn't could be it all something about that Bobby never reached out to him. Wasn't that the the where the beef came from? That Ken Patera was like, Bobby never came to visit me, and Bobby was really? like, Why? Why would I? Yeah, why would I? It's your fault. You know, we never get the full story. I tried to stop you from throwing rocks through the McDonald's window, but you wanted a Big Mac <laughs> at twenty at at midnight. That's not that was yours and Mister Saito's problem, not mine. But anyway, um. So I think we do get a build. We we I think we do get something going on in the back end where, um, where uh, Harley and some of the Bobby Heenan family members start working Patera over, and that leads us to maybe that next night. Maybe that's why it made sense. Good timing that there's a big house show at MSG the next night because you could really pull the ripcord on some of these feuds. Yeah, you know if you really want to make a big deal out of the MSG house show. You, excuse me, you, um, 
you have all these feuds percolating and then have some matches that night that kind of lead you to that moment where we pull the ripcord and, and get on the road for the next two months till, uh, till we get to WrestleMania four. So it's amazing how much they got to the point where, uh, you know, that, that they did the schedule, right. Where MSG was the next night. I think that's pretty hilarious, but, uh, that's my take. I think it's, I think it makes perfect sense to build these feuds. And then the next night, in the world's most famous arena where your house shows are still making killer money, uh, you pull the ripcord. And then the following week on the Cindy's, you promote the Rumble fallout. And, but then Ken Patera said this Monday night at Madison Square Garden. You know, so like me, Dave, I think your your builds would be perfect to overlap the next day to... Uh, to MSG. That's kind of what I was, what I'm going for is to, is to kind of expand on some of these and Harley faces, you know, or to Harley, uh, um, you know, Ken Patera has got to face, uh, the Islanders in a handicap match or some, you know, some kind of nonsense, yeah. you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Nice. I, I like so. that. I like that. I mean, it's good. Would you, is there anything else you would any other key moments you'd have before we move on to our winner and our and and how it plays out? Um Yeah, I uh no, I'm good. I think those are good. The rest is just, you know, my opinion just kind of fill. I think I'm I think I'm good. The rest is, you know, the rest we uh uh or just things that happen in the middle cuz we don't want to go too crazy. Cuz we got two whole months. So you want to build the three or four big feuds, the big matches you're going to have that night in uh, in, in Atlantic City. Everything else can kind of fall into place after that. You got two months to build stuff, so. Okay. Yeah. All right then. So let's move on to our winner, and and essentially, how does it how does it happen? How how is your your uh, finish sequence go? So so Scott, why don't we start with you on this one? I'd be interested who I think you've already uh, you've already foretold who's going to win, but who's going to win the rumble and how does it how does it finish how does that finish work? Well, I think uh, obviously uh, my rumble winner is indeed uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage. I feel like not having that on his resume is is uh, unfortunate. Um, I think I think something works out where we're coming down to the final four and the final four is. DiBiase, Savage, um, maybe two other heels. Um, oh, oh, I've got something interesting. Didn't think of this. Let me backtrack for a minute, Dave. DiBiase is 29. And we're going to say, oh, uh, this guy uh, didn't make it in the match. Sam Houston or something. And DiBiase goes, oh, I, I gave I gave this guy some money to take the night off. I have number thirty. Don't worry, Ooh. I have number thirty. And who walks down the ramp? Andre the Giant. Oh, so it's Andre, DiBiase, and I don't know, uh, Ron Bass. Because I like Ron Bass; he's a big thug. And Savage. And now you're like, oh shit. Oh, he's done. And 
And you're thinking, well, Savage is done. Savage is done. <laughs> um, and he battles and fights and he's getting worked over. And then um, you think that Savage is about to get tossed. And down the ramp comes Hogan. Because I think you need to have those guys involved at the end of the show. You can't, I don't think you can have Andre and Hogan earlier on do the signing and then not see them again. I don't think you're going to be able to get away with that. So, so Hogan comes down. He... Pulls, Savage eliminates Ron Bass, kind of like 92. Savage eliminates Ron Bass. It's DiBiase and Ho and Andre working Savage over. Savage is about to get tossed by Andre, and Hogan grabs Andre by the strap, and Andre flops over the top rope and lands on his feet, and the two start brawling. Andre's eliminated. DiBiase's looking at Hogan, go, you son of a bitch, what are you doing? How dare you? And then Savage... Because DiBiase's not looking, Savage dumps DiBiase over, a la Flair to Sid, uh, four years later, and Savage wins the Rumble. Because I, I don't think, Dave, if you have Hogan and Andre in the building, I don't think you can do just the... And if you're paying, remember, this is a pay-per-view, this isn't USA, if you're paying for this pay-per-view, you can't have Hogan and Andre in the middle and then not see them again. Yeah. So I think, you know, number 30, number 30 was supposed to be, uh, number 30 was supposed to be, uh, um, I don't know, some other scrub, uh, uh, give me a heel. I don't care. Some... Why does it need to be here? Why can't it be a baby face? Like be Brian Blair, or like you said, or Sam Houston, or one of these scrubs who, who, uh, you know, who got dumped beaten up or paid off. Yeah. Okay. So, so. So he gets paid off, and and uh, deep and Andre comes out at thirty, and uh, he gets in, and he's there. He's got his title shot, so this means nothing to him. He's just there because he's getting paid, and um, uh, and DiBiase and Andre and. Ron Bass are working Savage over. Eventually, you know, Savage does dump Bass over, but Andre's about to toss Savage. He's too close to the ropes. Run at, down the ramp comes Hogan. Hogan grabs Andre by the strap. Andre gets rolled over the top rope. The two start brawling. DiBiase goes, what the hell? What are you doing? And you're, he's looking at Andre like, well, all right, who cares if you got eliminated? Get back in here and help me. And then while he's distracted by that, Savage dumps DiBiase and wins the Rumble. So now, Randy Savage is going to WrestleMania to face somebody for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Because in our universe, Dave, we don't need a tournament anymore. No. We could still have some shenanigans 
we could still have some shenanigans at at uh, the main event. But instead of Hogan losing at all and holding the belt up, because that would make no sense, you could still do it if you wanted to. And then we have the first ever triple threat match <laughs> in WF history. And we have Hogan, Andre, Savage. And Savage becomes the forgotten guy. Because it's all about Hogan and Andre. And then maybe, maybe you do a WrestleMania. Well, no, that wouldn't work. No, because we're not doing two matches. Never mind. I was going to do something like WrestleMania 10, but that's not, that's not going to fly. So, so you do something very unusual. I, I mean, listen, we obviously try to be as creative as we can, Dave. But, and I know this, you know, most may think this is incredibly wonky. But I believe that you could really have some fun building Savage because he's the guy that's going to win at WrestleMania 4 because Hogan's going to fight Zeus. Um, you could really build this to something special. And Hogan's not winning, so it's not like you need two baby faces. You, you need two heels. And Andre could be kind of, and Savage and Hogan could actually wrestle. Maybe we get some clean face, face stuff, you know, yeah. and they just wrestle like straight, straight on kind of thing. But we'll get, that's a different, we're not booking WrestleMania tonight. So, um, because now we're going, that that's a whole, now, now we're going through multiple looking glasses and we've already done that. So, so that's how I would end it. Uh, yeah. I would end it with uh, Savage. The, the last three are Savage, DiBiase, and Ron Bass. But then suddenly you get to 30, and you're like, well, where's Sam Houston? Or where's this guy? Or where's this guy? And DiBiase goes, ha, 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 The check is in the mail. Here's number 30. And out comes Andre. And now you got, oh, shit. So, um. You know, Jesse could make great jokes about how Jack Tunney's on the take and the whole yeah. the whole WWF is corrupt and everything. Gorilla's all pissed off that this guy, this DiBiase guy comes in and he's just like ruining everything. And um, and then Hogan, you know, and then Hogan comes out and helps and then Savage wins the Rumble. That's my end. Interesting. Very exciting, Actually, right? Pretty, pretty good for is. a show you're paying for. It is. <laughs> I must admit, I think we, we again we end up with some similar elements. Um, uh, but my the way I would finish it. Um, so as I said, I've got DBRC at number thirty, having bought bought everyone off, and I've probably got a, a similar situation. I've probably got Savage in the ring, maybe Bigelow, and look a, a random heel, whether it be One Man Gang, whether it be Ron Bass, whether it be Hercules. Look, it, it, the the heel is irrelevant. Um, but I, I sort of felt Savage and Bigelow in there, and they're, they're in the ring, and the, the buzzer sounds for number 30, and DiBiase starts walking to the ring, and immediately Gorillas, yeah, Gorilla and Jesse, or Vince and Jesse, or whoever's doing commentary are talking about, he's paid him off, he's bought this number, how does he do it? And then right behind him is Andre the Giant, walking with him to the ring. And they get to to the edge, and at this point, 
Um, whoever's the heel is in the ring, their managers are ring. So DBRC immediately calls them over and is flashing the money like, you know, I'm, I'll, I will pay you, help me, help me win the, the, the match. And uh, perhaps the, the heel is, maybe it's someone like One Man Gang, you know, just because of his size. Um, and I know Akeem was at the end of 89, but because of his size, One Man Gang might be the one. Or it could be Hercules who's stronger. Um, they've got both. Bigelow and, and um, Savage down, and the, and the manager jumps up on, on the ring at apron, basically saying, look, we're going to get paid money, whatever. And the heel at this point is Savage rushes over and dumps the uh, the person. So you're, you've got this situation where it now looks like it's going to be two-on-one in the ring, Savage and Bam Bam Bigelow against Ted DiBiase. The DiBiase just looks at Andre, points to the ring, and Andre enters the ring and starts beating the tar out of both of them. Easily dispatches of Bam Bam Bigelow is tossing Savage around left and right. At this point, you know, perhaps he's even choking him on the ropes. And at this point, Savage enters the ring, goes over, and with, you know, with Andre having absolutely torn Savage to pieces, DBRC easily eliminates him over the over the rope to win the match. Savage and uh, and DBRC stand tall. Uh, sorry, Andre and DBRC stand tall. Savage has copped a beating. DBRC's not happy with it. He wants more. He sends Andre out to throw Savage back in the ring. And as the the post match beatdown happens, that's when Real American hits. Hogan rushes out to the ring, makes the save, chases off uh, DBRC and Andre, and helps his mega powers partner to his feet to allow us to have good guys in the ring at the end of the match. Yet we've had a a, a heel Ted DBRC come away with essentially buying the the victory at the end. There, that's how I would do it. Hmm. I like that. I like that very much. And I, and I think this allows the the transition in in the course of the match. I've transitioned Savage away from Honky, and now we've got him on the path to DBRC Andre, and we've kept the Mega Powers storyline in our face. We've also kept the DBRC as paying Andre off, both bought Andre's services in our face, which we've just seen earlier in the night. And as you said, it means that Hogan and Andre are still involved at the end of the night because you can't just have him doing the contract signing. Hmm. Incidentally, on a side note, uh, Dave, I'm looking at uh, our good friend, Mr. Land, and the uh, history WWE.com. The day before this show at the Cap Center is a matinee house show and they did a 30-man bunkhouse battle royal won by don morocco (laughs) which seems very random um yeah it's got both demolition guys jake roberts gang duggan herc warrior harley dino lanny houston danny davis brady boone Butch Reed, Greg Valentine, Brutus, the Islanders, both of them, Davy Boy, Dynamite, Patera, Outback Jack. Anybody want him to win the Rumble? 
Um, <laughs> junkyard, <laughs> junkyard dog, uh, Ron Bass, Sika, Hillbilly Jim, D- Doug, and Nikolai and Borsukov. So they did something similar just the night before, or day before in a matinee in uh, in uh, Landover, Maryland. Pretty funny. As a matter of fact, all in the evening, uh, uh, Dave, they did a house show at Rupp Arena in Lexington, Kentucky. Hogan and Bigelow against Andre and DiBiase was the main event. Yeah, they did that. They did that match around the traps. That was um, that was very yes in in January, February '88. So anyway, I just wanted to point that out to you. But uh, but uh, I like uh, I like where you went. I like we both went. Uh, Similar veins, but I think we put together what ended up being a very exciting rumble for 1988 standards, a very exciting pay-per-view for 1988 standards. Yeah. And uh, Lord knows how much it was. We'll say 30. And yeah. um, and a pretty big build uh, to WrestleMania 4, and we've got, some, uh, we've got some good feuds brewing early. And again... I think WWF takes advantage of that MSG house show the next night, almost like a, a precursor to Raw before Raw, and really boost um, those feuds while getting others kind of on the path because they have two months to work with. So, yeah, I th- so very good, excellent, excellent. That's eighty-eight in the books. Yes, we went. Uh, we talked more about the eighty-eight Rumble than I thought we were going to. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. But that's okay. That's okay. Right. I, I think we. I don't know. We'll be talking as long about this next one, um, but I think it will be interesting. So, uh, so let's right. jump. Let's jump to 1995. Uh, what is considered possibly the, if not the worst, one of the worst Royal Rumbles in the history of the company. Um, look, the undercard's not too bad, but. I just wonder if a few changes on this card could improve the overall event um, is where we're coming, Tom. And with a very similar approach to what we said with with 88, we're going to look at what changes we might make to the undercard, what we might make, any changes we'd make to some of the entrants in the rumble and any, any, you know, sort of key moments that we would utilize as a result. So... You know, Scott, look, as I said, I think the undercard's not too bad at in ninety-five, but I, I, I think there you could you could make a couple of tweaks to it in the effort to actually bolster the Royal Rumble itself. Uh, that's that's what I think is probably the big key here. I think they had too many big names and this is ninety-five was the last year before they started allowing people to double up and wrestle on the undercard, and wrestle in the Rumble. And so I think, I think that if you allowed a couple of guys to do both, I really think you can um, increase the star power in the Rumble. And I, I think that's the big key, is that the 95 Royal Rumble lacked, the actual match, Royal Rumble match, lacks star power because they're all on the undercard. And, and so this Rumble becomes very much... A, a one-man show because he's the only man in the Rumble that anyone thinks can actually win it. Um, you know, it's HBK's, you know, starting at one and it was only every 30, every 60 seconds, every one minute. 
So it was shortened. It didn't last long. There's a lot of crap in it, a lot of people who just shouldn't be there. So, you know, I think if we just make some changes and, and allow some double-ups, we would see a much stronger event. Uh, so, yeah, uh, are you ready to get going on 95? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think that was the problem. We had a great IC title match with J- with Jared and Razor. Taker is wrestling IRS. You got Diesel Brett, obviously, but Diesel wouldn't be in the Rumble because he's a champion. Um, guys like Bigelow and Tatanka. Um, so, you know, and then to fill out the bracket, to fill out the Rumble, you got to put guys like Dick Murdoch in there and Bob Backlund, who's kind of even at this point as a heel, he's kind of, well, I mean, not really because he does wrestle at WrestleMania. Bob Back- yeah, Bob, and Bob Backlund had just been world champion. So, yeah, that's true. That is true. You've got yeah, the Bushwhackers, the Blue Brothers. I mean, well done. I mean, yeah, you've got some absolute scrubs in there. Yeah. So, so this is this is what I would do to the undercard to create, uh, open up the opportunity for some guys to be included in the main event, in the main Rumble match. I think you keep that Jarrett Razor on IC title match. I think, like you said, it's a great match. And both guys will compete in the Rumble. So because we're allowing double ups, I think that's part of it. That that brings uh, um, the benefit of that gets you Razor and Jeff Jarrett in the Rumble already. There's two two guys that are going to increase the star power in the Rumble. Um, our world title match. So I I considered keeping it as it was, and it's a great match. I'd say, oh look, it's a good match. It's not. It's I would rank it at number four of their four matches but um you know look it's brett and diesel but i feel that diesel has diesel's only just won the 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 title just after survivor series he's still cementing his place as a world champion i think he needs a victory Mm -hmm. and you can't put him over brett and that that's what happened you couldn't put him over brett you had run-ins galore you had a double dq and Everyone, it's like kissing your mother or your sister. You just, it, it's not worth it. Correct. So I, I looked at my card, I looked at the, at the people in the, in the roster at the time, and I, and I felt I want Diesel to have a legitimate challenger, but I want it to be someone who he can beat. And I came down to one of two guys. And for me, one of them is in the title match, and the other one would be in the Rumble. Option number one, you have a rematch with Bob Backlund. On pay-per-view, Backlund won the title at Survivor Series, lost it at Madison Square Garden. You could have him have a have his rematch, and Diesel beat him comfortably. There's no reason why Diesel can't beat him comfortably. Right. Or, or if you want a better match, have Diesel defend the title against Owen. Um, I think Owen would put on a better match than Bob Backlund would. Um, and Owen is still, he's he's been at the top of the card for all of 1994. He's been challenging Brett. Um, he nearly won the belt from Brett. Like, he would be easily considered a worthy challenger to Diesel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I think, and, and Diesel gets the, gets the win. I, I, personally, I think it should be Owen. But I would certainly understand bringing Bob Backlund out for the rematch. 
Mm-hmm. I just think I just think you're going to get a better better match from Owen. What, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts there? No, I agree. I definitely think you get a better match out of Owen. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, you could give. I mean, you could give. Um, you could give um, uh, Backlund the match, and I don't think the match would be. I think the problem, because I mean, I have no problem with giving Backlund another match. Backlund is a, you know, I think he'd be capable. I think the problem is that Diesel just wouldn't know what to do, and and I think ba- the days of Backlund, uh, the days of Backlund, like like leading guys, carrying guys. I think those days were passed by then, and I think. I mean, I would be nervous that I think a a 13, 14, 15 minute diesel backland match would be unwatchably terrible. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, Owen, on the other hand, I think he would bump like a like a son of a bitch um, more than even Brett did because Owen's in a different position. He's not Brett. He's not a former champion. Uh, he's part of, you know, the whole, um, you know, he's, he's a, he's a heel and he's, you know, he's, he's still thirsting for his first taste of gold. Uh, I, I really do think that, uh, this is a great spot for Owen to shine on a big stage. So I, I, I'm actually going to roll with you on that. I like Owen diesel better. Um, I love Backlund. Listen. One of the greatest of all time. He's in the Hall of Fame. But putting him in a 13, 14, 15 minute match with with uh, um, Diesel would be a disaster. I would I would I would not recommend that as it was. He wrestled a better guy in Brett a couple months earlier at Survivor Series. And even that match was not great, although. I mean, most of that was, I mean, what, how much? Seven minutes of it was a chicken wing. So, um, I, I, I like your, I think I like Owen. I'm going to go with you on that. I like Owen in that spot. Um, I think it's a better match, to be honest. I don't trust Diesel and Backlund to give me even 14 minutes. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you think I, and if you, I mean, do you think I'm overreacting there? What do you think? No, no, no I agree. I, I don't think I don't think Backlund would be able to work the match. Uh, he wouldn't be able to work around Diesel. He'd want Diesel to work around him, and and that that's not going to work. Whereas Owen can play to Diesel's strengths. Owen will, will will fly around and bump around, like you said. And and the advantage with Owen, I think you could, if you wanted to, continue the extra storylines there. The Shawn Michaels, the the Bret Hart. You could still have maybe a moment in match. Maybe Shawn Michaels, maybe the, we get the ref bump and Shawn comes out and drops Diesel with the super kick, but Owen can't get the pin because because the um the, the ref is you know, the ref is out. Uh, Shawn goes to the back and Owen maybe goes for a chair. At this point, you know, Brett maybe runs out, takes the chair off Owen and maybe even hits him in the back with it just to sort of, you know, ram it home. He leaves and then Diesel can just bang, jackknife, one, two, three, ref wakes up and, and it's all over. You could do that, but I don't think you need 
the outside guys running in, I think you could just this could just be a good solid match on its own. So mm-hmm. so there's two of our matches. The, the third match that oh, I always struggled with the tag tournament concept that they used the teams that they got through to the final. Um, and I really feel, look, if you just want to have a good match, um, the Smoking Guns, for some reason, weren't in the tournament but then got the title shot the next night. Why not just have the, the Smoking Guns in the tournament final, have them against a team like the Heavenly Bodies, who we know can can put on a, a decent match, and just, and just give the Smoking Guns the belt then and there. Uh, that's what I would do. Um, I know that they wanted to do some storyline work with Bam Bam Bigelow, and I believe, and Lawrence Taylor, and I believe you can do that in another way. So my tag title match, to tag title tournament final, is the Smoking Guns and the Heavenly Bodies. Um, I just think that would be a much better match. Then, yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. And then to develop your Lawrence Taylor, Bam Bam Bigelow story to build to WrestleMania 10, I've got it in two parts. I've got The Undertaker meeting Bam Bam Bigelow in the undercard. There's our undercard match. Number one, IRS sucks and Bigelow will give Undertaker a better match. Um, It allows you to keep the Million Dollar Man Taker storyline going. And... Through the course of the match, Undertaker gets the win, gets a clean win, and as the Undertaker leaves, you could have a shot of the crowd, and there's Lawrence Taylor cheering the Undertaker, maybe even wearing an Undertaker T-shirt, you know, or whatever. You could have him there, but he's cheering, celebrating that Undertaker wins. Bam Bam rolls out of the ring, sees Bigelow, uh, sees Lawrence Taylor cheering Taker, and they just get into a bit of a verbal spat here. You know, a couple of mouths off. You know, Bigelow sort of tell him, what would you know? You've never been in the ring. Uh, Lawrence Taylor just, you know, semi-ignoring him. Maybe a couple of words back, but they don't. we don't get the push and shove yet. But that's what I would do with Taker. I would have Taker face Bigelow, and both of them are going to do double duty. They're both going to be in the Rumble. And it, it allows you to start the interplay with Lawrence Taylor. But I'm going to finish that during the Rumble itself, and I'll get to that moment a little bit later. But thoughts, mm-hmm. Undertaker, Bigelow? I like that match for two reasons. Uh, it is a better opponent for Taker in general. And B, um, I think it'd just be fun to watch. Like, IRS at that point was just – he was just IRS – but Bigelow would do two things for Taker. It would elevate the match a little bit. And it would actually make Taker, you know, Taker's now taking on a guy that's almost 400 pounds rather than, uh, you know, just some regular 265-pound guy. I think this kind of boosts Taker as we move ahead. You know, like he's slowly building up and he goes, and then he eventually obviously wrestles, uh, uh, obviously wrestles, uh, Bundy, which is, you know, no great shake, but, but, uh, um, uh, I think, I think that's a better match too, because it helps out both guys. I do think that. So I agree with you on that. I, I, I would roll, I would roll on that. That's a great pick, Dave. I didn't even think of moving Bigelow around. 
And the tag title match is fine. You got two established teams, you know. Um, yeah. And it just makes a better cool. match. You know. Yeah, and if the plan was to get the belt on the smoking guns, why why wait till Monday Night Raw? Just put the belt on them at, at Royal Rumble. That's what I think. Yeah, it makes sense. Just do it. Just save a day and do something else the next night. Yeah, totally. But and and in the process, it also allows you it allows you to put Kid, one two three Kid, Bob Holly, and Tatanka and Bam Bam Bigelow all in the Rumble. And again, I just think that improves the the quality of totally does totally does okay all right so so that's my undercard is there anything that you would have different or do you you feel that sounds pretty good no i like that because uh i like keeping the icy title match you don't really have to stick razor in there that's fine and and jarrett wins a belt so there's no need for him to be in there um i i think the i love uh i love diesel and owen that that's that's fantastic I think that's fantastic, Dave. I think that's a great match. Um, do I think it would make would that match be better than Taker Brett? Um, I'm going to be honest. I think it does only because in that um, role of Owen being so thirsty to become champion, to be a champion for the first time, I think he puts out all. I think he pulls out all the stops and I think you end up getting a better opponent for uh, a better opponent for um, uh, for Diesel to make him better. So I definitely love that over like anybody else, um, particularly Backlund. And Taker Bigelow, wow. It's a shame we didn't get that. That's a shame we didn't get that. You know, I think those two would have been a lot, a lot of fun in the ring together. That's a bummer. All right. That's Good call, cool. Dave. I like that. One. Right. I think I think this alternate universe would be very pleased with our undercard. <laughs> While the prime so, universe would be pissed. <laughs> so if we look at our rumble then. Our, our, obviously, as I said before, the biggest criticism of this Rumble is the lack of star power. Outside of Sean and Davy Boy, who start at one and two, and mm-hmm. Luger, who comes in later, it really is a bunch of scrubs and jobbers and nobodies. Tag teams that shouldn't be in there are past their prime, a bunch of waste of time people. But if we make these changes and allow some double ups, just listen to this for, although it's 95. Listen to some of the names that are now in the Rumble. Um, we can fill it out with other people, the scrubs that are there. But here's some of the names that are now in the Rumble. Okay? So you've got HBK and Davey Boy Smith are, are, are in the Rumble. Right? You've got Lex Luger, who was in the Rumble already. Now you've got, and you've got guys like Crush, who was in there. You've got Bob Backlund still in there because we've got Owen in the, um, in the title match. Right. You've now got these guys also in there. You've got one, two, three, kid and Tatanka. You've got the Undertaker and Bam Bam Bigelow. You've got Jeff Jarrett and Razor Ramon, and you've got Bret Hart. So already you've got nearly ten guys in there who would be considered mid to upper card competitors in the company. Um, 
filling out more spots rather than three or four guys. And I think that straight out just increases the star power. Totally. So yeah. And, and yeah. the guys I'd be taking out, I'd be taking out guys like the Bushwhackers, well done. Um, you know, it, it's really just those 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 scrub tag teams, um, uh, Mantors in there, maybe Dumper Aldo Montoya. You know, you don't need those guys. You need a couple of tag teams in there. You might keep the Blue Brothers in there because they do have a prominent spot at WrestleMania in that opening card match. You, you, you might keep the Head Shrinkers in there because... Um, you know, they've, they've been prominent through 94. So you want a couple of those those lower-end tag things. You probably keep men on a mission in there just because they've got their entrance that, that gets the crowd in. But you're really getting rid of a lot of a lot of scrubs. And another thing you could consider putting in is you could consider doing the whole Jerry Lawler steps up from commentary and jumps into the match at one point. You could do that little spot that they've done a couple of times over the years. You could mm-hmm. do it here. Then you've got Lawler in as well, and another another name player. And you're up to ten or eleven guys who've all got name power now in the match. Absolutely. Uh, and you got, you know, what's sad here is I'm looking at the original, and Bob Backlund was in the. We were talking about Bob Backlund how. You know, and he's in the rumble for 16 seconds. Well, that was that was when he got attacked by Brett on the outside. Yeah, that I mean that's true. And they it's sad. They did the same with Owen. Yeah. Um. It stinks. It's a bummer. Mm-hmm. Uh. It seemed like a waste anyway. But. Uh. Yeah. You instantly. I mean. Now, not only are you may adding the you're you're making the quality of the rumble better, but you're also adding more um you're adding more uh uh possibilities for a winner that's the key part i yes. mean you look at this rumble in real life and you got sean and bulldog and then literally nothing maybe luger yeah but that's it otherwise so, you got nothing yeah and then now we've got we've got seven or eight guys who would be legitimately accepted as a winner. You know? Yeah. You know, like I said, yeah, you've got yeah, you know, as well as those three, you've got Bret Hart, you've got the Undertaker, you've got Razor, you've got, you know, the the new IC champion, Jeff Jarrett. Not that he would win it, but you've got guys that could be considered oh my goodness, what might happen? They could get they could be a you know, they could be a legitimate shot here. So, yeah, absolutely. All right. So there's a couple of other changes I'd make, and, I, and I'll throw out a couple of my uh, of, of how I feel having these guys in the Rumble allows you to, to play around with some of the, the storyline and, and add some elements. One of the things I feel, I feel strongly, one of the reasons I struggle with the 95 Rumble is the way they portrayed Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels comes in at one. He lasts the entire Rumble, as does Davy Boy. Shawn Michaels wins the Rumble. It's a very babyface-like run for a guy who was supposed to be the number one heel in the company. Um, he was he was the top heel that the company had at that time, and yet the way he was presented in the Rumble, he looked like a good guy. 
Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't like that. So I would take HBK out of an early spot. I would put him later in the rumble. I would probably start with, I would probably put the one, two, three kid early on. Um, have him start with maybe someone like Tatanka. You know, have those guys in there to start with. Um, if you have Tatanka in early, then you could bring Lex Luger in early at around maybe four or five, and and he could eliminate Tatanka, and then you can finish up that that little storyline that never really got a TV blow off. Right. Um, you can finish that. So I, I, I think the early stages, I'm just, I want to move HBK out of that early spot because I think the early stages of the Rumble, you'd still have a lot of your the scrubs that we've kept, your, your, your Jacob and Eli Blues, your Duke, Duke Grosses, your Sione, your Doinks, they're, they're all still in there. Right. And then I'll bring, at number 10, I'd bring The Undertaker out again. Mm. And The Undertaker comes out and he goes on the diesel run. He clears the ring. Every, everyone goes. Um, whoever's in there, they're tossed. They're all scrubs. It doesn't matter. They're all gone. And at 11, you could bring in another. So you could bring in a Rick Martel or, you know, an Aldo Montoya or whoever, a Henry Godwin. They come in. They get tossed. And then at 12, you bring out Bam Bam. They've just had their battle. And Bam Bam comes out to the ring looking for revenge and almost instantly take a clotheslines him back out. And I do that because you've got no one in the ring except for Taker and Bigelow's just been eliminated. And this is uh, allows you then, you can focus back and Lawrence Taylor, at this point, he's now laughing. He's laughing at what's happened. And this allows you to do the Bigelow-Lawrence Taylor spot that they did in, in at the end of the tag title match in real life. Bigelow gets angry at the laughing. You can have a push and shove. Referees intervene, drag Bigelow away. Lawrence Taylor's told to calm down. You've got essentially two minutes to do that spot with no one else in the ring. Taker can just watch. It's not going to take anything away from Undertaker, but mm -hmm. it allows it allows you to drive that Bigelow um, storyline with Lawrence Taylor. And then after that, I bring in King Kong Bundy. And then that allows Bundy and Taker to start to stare down and, you know, they can battle and you can start to fill the ring up around them again. Uh, that, that's the first big spot I would have. I, uh, I'm flabbergasted at how amazing you are as a, as a, as a person, Dave, because I didn't even think about as I'm looking at some of my notes here, I didn't even think about Taker. Um, I was going to stick. I, I I liked the Bigelow thing, and I wasn't even thinking about. Um, I wasn't even thinking about putting him in the Rumble. And then finally, finally, he gets like a diesel push, you know. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, it's immediately better. <laughs> immediately. Yeah. And and so, yeah, I just think I think it improves it. And then you can, like I said, you can have Taker and Bundy start to to battle. And and it's at this point that you start to bring in a couple of extra guys. You might bring in Alex. Oh, I've already got Luger in there. You might bring in Jeff Jarrett at this point. 
Uh, you might bring in maybe one of the men on a mission. IRS could come in, or and, and HBK is going to come in around this point. And the reason I want HBK in around sort of 15, 16, uh, because this is when he can do an Ironman run from the middle of the rumble, but he hasn't had to be there from the beginning. So you can still play that. He's in for a long time, but we don't have to have the, the Superman element to it. And when he comes in, you could have Taker and Bundy battling each other on the ropes, and maybe HBK comes in and does the the super kick spot that will eliminate both of them, and that takes them both out of the ring. So you've got the – immediately HBK gets a little bit of shine. Um, he's eliminated a key player in Taker, uh, but he's done it when they're battling on the ring, so it's still that sort of heel element to his – He's done it on the sly because he doesn't want to have to face either of them. Uh, and, and, and so HBK, and then around them, you start to build again. You bring in your Davy boy. You bring in, um, you know, like I said, you might bring in Bob Backlund at this point. And I, I would also bring in Jerry Lawler. Uh, this is when Lawler can come in the ring. And so Lawler makes his entrance. Maybe Lawler just plays to the crowd while everyone is fighting each other. And then the next entrant after Lawler is Brett. Brand about number 20. Brett comes in and just immediately, straight after Lawler, and sends Lawler packing. So Lawler can go back to commentary. But now in the ring, you've got guys like left in the ring. You've got Brett, next, um, Davey Boy Smith, Jeff Jarrett, Shawn Michaels, Bob Backlund. You've got five guys who could all be legitimate winners all in the ring at the same time. And uh-huh. then you can build and flow from there. Where were you 35 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love all that. I, I think, I think uh, the misbooking, you know, it's funny you bring that up, but the misbooking of Sean to look more baby-faced than heel um, does kind of take some starch out of it. And I think the I think the uh, the taker thing is good, and that ending is really great. I think you're really using, you know, the roster's thin to begin with. I think we've all established that. 1995 WWF roster is not, is not heavy because, uh, you know, money was, uh, money was tight. So now you've got a lot of tension and a lot of suspense at the back end of the show of the card because you have now a bunch of legitimate winners. And that was ultimately the problem, yeah. was that you just had Sean and Bulldog and 28 stiffs, including Luger, because nobody expected him to win at that point. So for you to be able to structure that back end and give – uh multiple guys the opportunity after diesel had just battled owen in a in a brawl in the undercard i think um is 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 refreshing from what we did get in the prime in our prime universe um well done dave on fire tonight rebook stinkers and i may as well finish it out here and and then yeah if you we can hear maybe if you've got anything different that you do. Mm-hmm. So where I'm coming from at the end, my number 30 would be Razor. 
I'd have Razor come out at 30. Really? And Yeah. I, okay. I think I, I like that. Having lost the IC title, with the history he has with Diesel, and we've covered this when we talked, when we did our Razor Ramon episode a while ago, we talked a little bit about how he could be seen and, and how he was seen and presented. But I think if you brought Razor out at 30, there'd be a lot of people who would legitimately say, Razor's going to win this. Razor could win this and go on and face Diesel at WrestleMania. I think there'd be a lot of people who would accept that. So Razor comes out at 30, and your final four is basically Sean, Brett, Razor, and Jeff Jarrett or Crush or, or someone. Okay. And, and what I would have is I would have Brett clothesline Sean over the rope. Like they, like Sean Sean does his hang on. So the, the, the finish spot that you've got of Sean not letting his two feet touch, you can do that spot. We know Sean wanted to do it. Uh, Sean has been interviewed and talked about how that was his idea and he wanted to do it. Vince didn't want him to do it because he was worried it wouldn't work and he, he wouldn't be able to pull it off. And mm-hmm. we know he did. So I've got no problem. Have Brett be the one to toss Sean over. Sean's trying to stay in. On the other side of the ring, Razor has eliminated. I, I, I like the idea of Jarrett because Razor can get a bit of revenge on Jarrett, eliminate Jarrett. And so it looks like Brett and Razor are the last two. And Sean's hanging on on the other side, and Brett and Razor start battling. They start fighting. At this point, Sean starts his, his um, he saved himself. He's got himself. He's not being eliminated. He probably skins the cat to get back in. Brett and Razor are now at the at the ropes trying to eliminate each other. And very similar, you alluded to this earlier um, with the 88 Rumble, but very similar to what Ric Flair did in, in, 91, um, in 92. Sean could run over and basically eliminate Brett and Razor at the same time and get the win. And I think it's uh, – I think you, you've – You've got your, your your finishing elements that, that they wanted with Sean. You've got a lot more star power. And yet everyone in the building would be thinking it's going to be Brett or Razor winning the match until Sean rushes over and tosses them both. Mm. So you still have Sean winning, but you just make it more... More heelish. More, more fitting him. Yes. Yeah, totally makes sense. Because you're booking it, not Sean booking himself. <laughs> it might have been Vince booking it, but we all know really who was booking it. You're booking it like it should have been booked. And, uh, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. That rumble needed some juice. I mean, it was just, I mean, it's just just the shits. <laughs> um, I didn't yeah. think you were going to put Razor at 30. That one kind of blew me away. I thought we were going to keep him on the sideline, but... Good, like good, good play since he doesn't have the IC belt anymore. You're like, well, okay, might as well just go for the big one now. Why not? I could beat Diesel. I beat him in August. Why can't I beat him again? Yeah. And I'm not and I'm not being held back by the IC title anymore. So there's no other there was no other matches for me to have. Right. Well done, Dave. Yeah. Good card. All right. That's a good card. But- I approve. What about you, Scott? Did you what would what would what would have been your your changes, or how would you have improved the '95 Rumble? Um, the under my undercard. I, I'm going to go with you with the undercard. <clears throat> I um, 
Well, I definitely agree with you on moving the guys around. Um, as for, I still think Sean should win. Um, I would definitely, uh, I don't think Sid had debuted yet. So if there was a way to get Sid earlier, maybe I use him as my muscle at the back end of the rumble. And he starts helping me throw guys out. And you establish that Sean needs, you know, Sean looks at Diesel and goes, I don't need you anymore anyway. He's better at this than you are. You know, um, I think that's a key thing because we have to establish that Sean still needs muscle. And so perhaps having, having Sid kind of debut a little early and, and uh, uh, help Sean kind of toss some bodies out, I think is a big deal. I think, I also think that if I were to have Razor in, I think I would put him in the 20s and maybe get him, I don't know what I would do with him. Because here's the funny thing, Dave, the only problem with putting Razor in is once you put him in, you almost phase him out of the IC title picture. Can you put him back in? I suppose you could. I would be leery he's of that at that moment, though. Rumble. He's not winning the Rumble. There's no reason why he can't go back and, and face, get his rematch. That's true. Yeah, no, that that's true. I'll go with you on that. Makes sense. Yeah. Heck, could even have him, imagine having him win it. <laughs> but we, 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 we did our, we did our, uh, we did our razor type. We did our razor title stuff. We did the Scott Hall tribute. So, um, yeah, I think I would lean a lot more on debuting Sid and having Sid come out and help Sean start, help Sean kind of eliminate guys and, uh, really make it heelish. So sort of Sid getting the diesel push while Sean sort of directing traffic. Correct. Maybe put Sid in, in one of these spots and, and he kind of helps. He kind of helps, uh, uh, um, Sean kind of navigate kind of like we mentioned a minute ago with DiBiase and Andre kind of the same thing, except, you know, for Diesel, it's the one. Or for uh, Sean, it's just Sid helping get rid of guys. And Sid eliminates nine or ten scrubs. That's why I probably want to save a couple of scrubs. Because Sid's going to need some bums to throw out. I, I, I really do like that idea. I wish I'd thought of that one. Yeah, but because you don't want Sid to throw Taker out. Taker would have to get have to be taken out by other means. Um, cause you don't want Sid to throw him out. We'll deal with them in a couple years. <laughs> so the undercard, I would, I would actually mirror your undercard cause I like your undercard better. Um, I, I really love that diesel Owen match. I like that better than diesel, even diesel Brett in real life. 
Um, I just feel like Owen would be a better opponent. He would make Diesel look better. The match would be, I mean, the matches, I mean, obviously the real Rumble 95 match is not terrible, but I feel like, uh, I feel like Owen would just look better in the match than, than Diesel, than, uh, than Brett did. And he doesn't need to be protected. The, the issue right. they had, the, the issue they had by putting Diesel against Brett is they didn't want either of them to lose. And, you know, we've seen when, when you can't have either of them lose, you've got to come up with a schmoz finish. And it didn't make either of them look very good. Whereas, you know, Owen doesn't, doesn't have that stigma attached to him. He can lose. He can afford to lose. He's not going to be diminished by losing. So he can put he can he can drop the match he can lose the match you can have a, a decisive winner yeah that that that's the point um uh is that you can have you can have um uh just a better match just owens just a better opponent i i hate to i hate to I don't want to say that. I don't want to really totally upset the uh, the Brett fans, but because I love Brett, but just in this specific instance, for Taker's uh, for Taker now I'm throwing all these names in for Diesel's sake, I think just taking out Owen in a great match makes him look better. Just my thing. I I I love the idea, Dave. Love the idea. Oh, good. And I love your Sid idea. I, I, I didn't think of Sid, and I think that's a fantastic element um, to to the match. And I, I just love to see. I, I, I'd love that idea of, of Sid tossing guys because HBK is telling him to do it. Right. Like, after a while, Sean just stops wrestling. He just tells Sid yeah. to start. He just points at guys and tells them to chuck them. And it'd be mm. hilarious. And I think yeah. it establishes a better heel thing for a better heel situation for Sean than what we get. I understand that we want to turn Brett, we want to turn Sean babyface, but not now. We'll deal with that the night after uh, Mania. Yeah. So that is, uh, and there we go. So we took two rumbles that are difficult to watch at times and made them watchable. So what we do here on Through the Looking Glass, we go to an alternate universe and make something crappy better or try yeah. to. Even if it's unrealistic, but that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, uh, we went for quite a while. So why don't we uh, – let's go to part two. We'll do this a little brisker. Yes. Oh, we don't have to go too deep in the weeds on these, uh, just quickies. But, uh, but what, was, uh, what was the other uh, – let's, let's recap. What, what were we going to do here in part two? So the idea, the idea here, and, um, you know, I, I – yeah was this idea was suggested to be to me by by one of our listeners and I really appreciated that mm-hmm. um, so the idea is uh, from two starting in 2003 the winner of the Royal Rumble basically with the brand split got to choose which world champion he would face whether it be the raw champion or the Smackdown champion and that was the the idea put to me was what if Whoever won the Royal Rumble in each of those years challenged the opposite champion to the one they actually 
did. So, for example, in 2003, Brock Lesnar was the Royal Rumble winner, and he fought Kurt Angle at WrestleMania, and Kurt Angle was the SmackDown champion. What if Brock Lesnar challenged Triple H, who was the champion on Raw? That's where the concept comes from. What might, in other words, basically, how might the storyline look leading into Mania? How what would be the winner's storyline look like uh, going to Mania? So that, that's the idea. And just sort of the years that the 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 brand split was really in place, the the world titles were merged in 2014. So at the end of 2013, leading into 2014, they brought the two titles back together. So you got this 10 year period where this was sort of could be the case. And so. Correct. Just want to have a look at that. So, so let's just start there. 2003, you're, Scott, you are the, the Triple H uh, uh, champion of champions, uh, the man who champions Triple H's cause. Mm-hmm. If, if Brock was to, instead of chasing Kurt Angle, go after Triple H in 2003, how might that storyline play out? What would you be looking at um, as some of the key elements to that to that story? Because Triple H was in the middle of his, he just started his his battles with Scott Steiner in two thousand and three. Correct, and uh, we all know how those matches went. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> um, night after the night after the Royal Rumble. Um, obviously the match between Triple H and Steiner is a, is a a mess, but at least it's an entertaining mess. Unlike their no way out rematch, which is an unentertaining mess. Um, maybe Brock, you could have Eric. I think maybe the night after Eric Bischoff comes out and announces Triple H and Scott Steiner are going to have a a rematch at no way out. Like they do, like, like we're going to get. Yep. But that he's also there to announce that whoever wins that match, yeah, or he could announce that he's actually got a uh, scored a coup, um, undercut SmackDown, and brings out Brock, announcing that Brock will face the winner of that match. Hmm. And. The best part is because evolution technically is created during this stretch. He's cre- it's created in 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 feb- early February. So now not only do you have Scott Steiner, but now you've got Brock Lesnar. You have to keep an eye on. And perhaps evolution were created to protect Hunter from Brock. Correct. And then it could grow from there. Mm. Here's the problem with anything involving Triple H at this point in 03. If you're still getting Goldberg the night after, is that the problem? Because... He comes out the next night, still faces, you know, obviously he probably still challenged the Rock at Backlash. 
Brock's world heavyweight champion. Curious who we would put with Kurt. Hmm. We already had Benoit. Kurt and Booker would be uninspiring. Do you back up? Well, no, you don't want to get rid of Sean and Jericho. I was I was going to say, would, would you consider Jericho? Well, Kurt's a heel. RVD? Ooh. Ooh. Kurt RVD? Ooh. I like that. <laughs> and RVD finally wins the big one. Because you could really have both both guys win. Unfortunately, I think that would not be the main event. You would have to make Brock and Triple H the main event. Yes. Um. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. I think that I think yeah. I I think the the thrust of any storyline with Brock and Triple H would just be Triple H doesn't want to have anything to do with Brock. He doesn't want to get in the ring with him. Doesn't want to face him. Brock goes through, you know, evolution. You know. Maybe you get three and four on one beatdowns, and any time Brock starts to make a comeback, Triple H fails from the ring. It really would need to be presented as Triple H just does not want anything to do with Brock. Right. So when they get, when he finally gets his hands on him at WrestleMania, people are eager to see it happen. Now, we don't want to go too deep down a rabbit hole, but it's again a question of whether. If Goldberg is debuting the next night, do you have Brock win? You kind of have to, I guess, right? I think you'd have to have Brock win. I think the bigger question is how long you can keep him in the spot because 2003, like the, the idea was Brock was supposed to get the good run. Like they built him up to be the number one player coming out of, you know, sort of into the 2003. And so when he beat Kurt, he was going to have the big run. And he basically was at the top of the card for, for most of the next year. If he switches over to Raw, can he have a long run? Does, does, does he get to have that long donk, you know, be the man on top for a while? Or like you said, the fact that Goldberg's coming in, the fact that, you know, he's on the same company, you know, the same roster as Triple H and, and even The Rock, does, does Brock get under, undermined? And and does Brock get you know, the, Do we have a quick switch back? Mm. Do the politics play into it? That'd be a shame. I would hope not, but that would be a shame. Yeah. Yeah. Something to think about. That's something to mm. think about because we may have to talk about. Because, you know, there, maybe we do a Brock, there, that might be a, maybe we do a future Brock Lesnar episode and even just rebook him and see what would happen if he stayed. Because that, that was a question we yes. had on our, that was one yeah. of the questions we didn't get to on our mailbag. Because right. uh, that, that I think is one that, that requires an entire episode. So, okay. yeah. Um, 2004. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't remember. I don't think there was a Rumble winner in 2004. I don't No, remember. it didn't exist. The rumble didn't exist. That's right. It got cancelled. <laughs> cancel culture is hit. It did, yes. Yes. Cancel murder culture. Um 
Well, I wouldn't have changed that one anyway. So, and you really couldn't because Eddie was, uh, was, um, well, well, they switched the belts in the middle. So that would have fucked everything up anyway. Um, 2005. It's an interesting situation because that's the, that's the Batista build. And, you know, I, I actually do like in 2005, they played up early in that story. It was, Triple H encouraging Batista to go after JBL so Evolution could dominate the company. And so if Batista, you know, if we if we run this storyline out, Batista is going to face JBL. That's almost the storyline that's getting played is, is Evolution are going to dominate the company. But you would have to continue to play up the idea that throughout all this, Batista is actually... He knows where Hunter is coming from. He knows that Hunter's still scared of him. And mm-hmm. so maybe, maybe the concept is maybe Batista, you know, he he would have to beat JBL, but maybe he's doing it from the purpose of I'm going to beat JBL and then I'm going to unify the two titles. Maybe the storyline has to be beyond beyond WrestleMania because Batista JBL could only be a stepping stone because the the storyline arc is Batista Triple H. And right. to move Batista away from Triple H, really, it, it just seems to be delaying where you want to go. And right. so if, if you do the switch, I think it, it's, it would have to run the storyline out of Triple H saying to Batista, we can control the company. You go beat JBL, I'll retain my title, and Evolution will control the business. And Batista beats JBL, and he's getting cheers doing it, and everyone can see Batista knows he's being played, um, and he's just waiting for his moment. And maybe it's the night after WrestleMania. They're both standing in the ring um, holding their world titles, and Batista just looks up at that title of Triple H's, and Triple H catches him, sees him, maybe gives him the shove, and Batista just levels Triple H. And you're going title for title. That's possible. Unfortunately, I feel like uh, I feel like 05, you just have to keep as is. I mean, I feel like that gets so drawn out. The story needs to end with Batista beating Triple H. I think it's pretty straightforward. Oh, yes. And I agree. You know, I, yeah. I'm just trying to play the scenario out. I'm just no, I agree. I agree. I agree. Out. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, no. I totally get it, Dave. But I feel like at that point, you might as well just have Triple H lose there. You had both guys win anyway. Cena beat JBL, Batista beat. So I would, the belt for belt thing would just make it so much more messy. And then they're going to split them up anyway. So, yeah. Now, 2006. I don't want to get into this one too, too much. But if you do Triple H versus Kurt, that could be fun if you do that on the other. But Ray, obviously Ray, the whole thing was about Eddie. So that's what all that was about. But I feel like Ray Cena would be a really fun match mm. with Cena retaining. But if Cena retains, then the whole Eddie thing shits the bed. So yeah. you kind of, you kind of, you, you know, although in our alternate universe, well, we did, we did an episode about people living. So go back to that episode and we talk about Eddie if he, if he lived. Um, 07. 
I wouldn't do Taker Cena. I mean, it'd be a great yeah. main event. I mean, it'd be a great main event. Well, that's, I mean, I guess we, we come back to it. I mean, the the main event we never really got, Undertaker versus John Cena with the streak on the line. I mean, in, in, in honestly, there's your storyline. Undertaker's streak versus Super Cena. And there'd, there'd be question marks as to who you would go with. Me, I don't think it, the, the storyline itself would would play out very easily. Undertaker wants to take on Cena. Cena's just basically, you know, can he beat the streak? Can he do it? Can he be the first man to beat Taker at Mania? The the, the intrigue comes down to who wins the match. Do you keep the streak alive, or does Cena be the one who ends it? I don't know. That means you would have Batista and Sean in the other match. That might be fun. Yeah. That would be fun. Um, I think you have to have Taker win. Yeah. You have to have Taker win. I don't think you would. The the um, the uh, the streak was not ready to be broken yet. Aye. So you'd have to have you'd have to have Taker win. Um, but it'd be, it'd be fun. I'm actually I'm actually looking at Batista and Sean. Like I think that match would be fun. Yeah. But. But that's an interesting swap if that happened. I think you'd have two good matches, but I think in that case, Cena would have to lose. Yeah. Um, 2008 Cena Edge, I think that was played out. I don't think I would switch uh, that. I'd leave that the way it is. That, that, um, that's, that's, that's the frustrating thing of this, of this concept is 2008, if John Cena wins the Rumble, Edge was the other champion, and they've already fought multiple times on pay-per-view, and they would do it multiple times again in the future. So... Yeah, it's it's there's nothing unique to that. I mean, would you do Taker? Would you do? And but you already have Triple H and Orton in the other match because remember Cena cashed in on two on uh in February, so that mm-hmm. whole year was a mess anyway. Yeah. Um, two thousand nine, you'd have Orton versus Edge. That's not gonna fly. They're both heels. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, two thousand ten, Edge and Sheamus. Sheamus would end up losing in February, so that would be kind of a mess. This is when Edge made his. This is when Edge made the. Did he the do big, he the big return? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they were both. Sheamus was. This was still at. at Sheamus had only just. They were both heels. Sheamus yeah, had only he just, just won the title, had he? Yeah, he won it in December, and then he he's not even champion. Uh, when you get to WrestleMania, it would end up being. Well, Edge ends up picking Batista, I guess. But then you're not building. Yeah, yeah see, that year, that, that was another year that was kind of a mess. Because that was another year where everything kind of, re- you had a, a curveball thrown at you in February, kind of like in 08. Yeah. So I, I that just, was. 
I just don't see the company running Edge versus Sheamus at WrestleMania. No, I don't either. No, I don't either. I, I don't see Sheamus being champion at WrestleMania, to be honest. Uh, 2011. Um, oh, God. <laughs> Alberto Del Rio won. And instead of challenging, what was it? It was Edge. Edge. He he would challenge Miz. <laughs> uh, I don't know that anyone would want to see that. No, absolutely not. And then you would have Edge and Cena again. <laughs> yeah. Although, I mean, this was right when Edge had his, you know, everything sort of came to a, to, to an end for Edge. He was, he, he discovered his neck issues had, right. had hit this point and, um, and and he was he, he when he he was a, he was a he was a good guy that year. But I mean, Miz is in the middle of probably the best work he he he'd ever done at that point as as the heel. And Alberto is the new. They're very similar characters, Alberto Del Rio and Miz. I just I'm not sure how it would how it would play. Not well, because <laughs> Del Rio was a heel. Mm. You had two heels again, so it would have been impossible. Yeah. yeah. Because the fact is, any match that involved Cena was going to involve Rock because you had to pull the ripcord to get that started for the following year. Yeah. Um. So I don't think you could change that up. 2012, Sheamus wins the Rumble, and he would face Punk. That's the other Instead of Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Now, look, that would be an interesting match. I think that well, would be... I think that yeah. would be a match. And and Punk didn't really have anything else rolling at that time. Look, I, I think it would it would actually for once it might have been something like Punk not being seen to be the lesser player in, in, in his title run, that playing second fiddle to the seniors of the world, in, in that the the champion has chosen to go against Punk. Look, I, I think it would work. I, I think it would be it would be just a continuation of everything we've got been getting. Punk saying he's the best in the world, and Sheamus going, "Well, I've won the Rumble, and I'm going to come and take it from you." I think it's it's a very simple storyline. There's not a lot of meat to it. I I don't think that, and I don't think you could have Sheamus win. No, no, you'd you, have you to, can't. You'd have to keep the belt on Punk. He was he was red hot, and we, we've done our. Make- we did our that, as well. And, right. You know, now, but that yeah. would give you, and I'm sure Daniel Bryan fans would love this, because then you would get Daniel Bryan against Jericho. But Daniel Ooh. Bryan was already a heel. So, but Jericho, but Jericho... Jericho only just returned. He returned at the Rumble. He doesn't need... He basically became a heel to challenge Punk. So there's no reason why you couldn't keep him babyface having just returned to the company. Right. No, I just thought of that, too. And Jericho, Daniel Bryan would be amazing. Mm. And then the Daniel Bryan fans don't have to bitch that their guy lost in 16 seconds. (laughs) So, mm. I don't mind that swap. Mm. I don't mind that swap. And then 2013 um, obviously wouldn't happen because Cena would be facing Rock. So that's – Cena would not switch up to face Del Rio. Here's the issue. This is where our uh, our little – scenario runs into difficulty because Cena and Rock was already on the on the on the card. Um and Alberto Del Rio was the other champion that year. And look, 
I don't think anyone really want to, would want to see Cena versus Del Rio unless you made it a triple threat, and that diminishes it as well. Yeah, Del Rio. And then what does just, that mean? Rock would face. Uh, Rock would face. Uh, who's the other champion? Well, if Cena is going to fight Alberto Del Rio, then perhaps Rock can face Punk at WrestleMania in the main event, and Punk gets it back. Absolutely. And who's Taker face? John Cena. Oh no, we've got Cena facing Del Rio. I just uh, thought of that too, actually. <laughs> oh, no, we're not. We don't have to worry about that. Batista <laughs> for the hundredth time. Yeah. For, <laughs> oh wow. Uh, well, that was fun. And then, of course, as well, as uh, as uh, Dave mentioned, by the, December of 2013, uh, Cena and Orton merged the belts, and then. We get uh, the Yes Movement, which I don't know. Does the Yes Movement happen? Because a lot of people say the Yes Movement, the genesis of the Yes Movement happens after after two in two years earlier when Sheamus beats uh, um, Daniel Bryan in 16 seconds. Does the it Yes does. Movement start if Daniel Bryan ends up defending and and retaining his belt against Jericho? That's a good, that's a very good question. So something hey. to think about. Anyway, we've done a lot of thinking tonight. <laughs> this is going to go down as probably our longest uh, episode, which is fine because um, once in a while, there's just a lot of meat on a bone to chew on. And I said that at the beginning of the show. So uh, I hope you enjoyed it, everybody. Uh, anytime we talk at the Royal Rumble, anytime I talk with Dave about wrestling at all, always makes me smile. Uh, it was a uh, a great episode, Dave. Thank you. You're the best as always. Um I'll blow through the plugs. Like I said, you can find Dave around Facebook. He's around our our place to be group chat. Um, as this is airing, uh, when this drops, we're in the middle of a poll that's on the place to be group page for myself and Greg Diener to do this month's wrestle tracks. And we've got three rumbles, 1994. None of them are what we talked about tonight, Dave. Uh <laughs> 1994. Make sure you vote, Dave. If you didn't, you're not watching the 88 Rumble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we're not watching the 88. I'm not watching. No, David, <laughs> Greg, and I are not watching the 88 Rumble. Although it will be short at least. Um, we are going to. It is. Uh, the, the votes are between. Uh, 1994, 2003, and 2018. So, uh, right? Is 2018 the one from Philly? Yes. Uh, so 1994, 2003, or 2018. So go to the Place to Be group page, vote. The voting will go until next Monday. And then uh, later this month, Greg uh, and I will be watching whatever you guys pick. You guys pick Super Clash. I was very impressed with all of you. You picked Super Clash 3 for us in December. And we had a lot of fun watching that match because it was something different. Uh Compared to the other two shows, I think it was Starcade 93 and Vengeance 01. I actually enjoyed Super Clash 3. So I'm looking forward to whatever you guys choose. Uh, so vote. Get out there and vote. Uh, if you're listening to this the day it drops, uh, the poll will stay up until uh, Monday. So, Well, Dave, always a pleasure. Thank you. You're the best. Um, any final words? Uh, no, look, um, look yeah, we have fun doing these. Um Remember, if you if you've got any ideas, any scenarios you'd love to love us to play out, we'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us. Um, 
we've got a couple uh, in the wings from from our last uh, uh, Christmas present episode, and uh, mm-hmm. there's a couple of long ones that that, that came out of that. Uh, but you know, drop us a line, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you, and um, yeah, we just yeah, appreciate everyone listening. Absolutely, we love the support. So uh, for Dave Hall, I am Scott Criscolo. Have a great rest of January. Enjoy the Royal Rumble. This year's Royal Rumble, which will be in a couple weeks in Tampa. We will talk to you in February through the looking glass.